following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, Tyler Dean. <laughs> Join Mr. Cannonball, Alex. Boom goes the Cannonball. Welcome, everybody. Yep, Tyler is, uh, I, I think I think he's, uh, I'm not sure what's happening this week, but, you know, the two of us, we're here. We're here. We got the pigskin. We're going to rock and roll it today. Right, you know, it's it's like a, a you notice my reflex there, the, along with the tenacious titillating. Oh wait, he's not here, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's it's myself and the cannibal Alex Steele filling in. Tyler is once again, uh, you know, just taking a breather here. That's fine. But we've got this thing under control. It is bright and early, Sunday, October thirtieth. Yep, <laughs> and we've got. Uh, we got we got a recording to do. We got a 9:30 a.m. game in England that is uh just just around the corner here. So it is it is the Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. So mm. yeah, yeah. Ho- it's, hopefully it's hopefully it's not as painful as the other ones. Yeah, well, I, I don't really have much much faith anymore as it pertains to the Denver Broncos and their their uh, prime time capabilities. I. <laughs> It's a mess. It's a I am mess. so, so sick and tired of seeing the Denver Broncos in primetime situations. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've, they've done Monday Night Football, right? Yes. Sunday Night Football. Yep. They've done Thursday Night Football. Yes. They're doing an England game now. Yep. So I think... <laughs> they, they've, run, they've run the entire cycle, and they have yet another Sunday Night Football game later on against the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which is a shit show. Like, like, can we just not have the Denver Broncos in primetime anymore? Is yeah, that- I mean, you so- took the Lions out. I mean, to yeah. take the Broncos out. I, I don't understand. The Broncos are so bad and so boring, and I just, I don't know if I can, if I can fucking handle another Denver Broncos in primetime situation. I, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it is Broncos and Jags today, nine thirty in England. We'll we'll be seeing that one uh, firing up pretty soon here. Uh, but we do have some some stuff to go over, Alex. We've got some news around the league. We've got some scores. Uh, we've got some predictions. We've got our rankings. So let's jump right into our scores here from Week Seven. Uh, Alex, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, here are your scores from Week Seven in the NFL. Starting with the Thursday night football game, the Cardinals beat the brakes off the Saints. You know, the score does not actually tell the full story here. We saw Andy Dalton implode leading into that first half. They went from a 14 to nothing lead to a 28 to 14 lead heading into halftime. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the Saints are just not the Saints of, of old. Drew Brees is not there anymore, and it shows. <laughs> and Andy Dalton is not, to me, I don't think Andy Dalton's a starting quarterback anymore. I don't think Jameis Winston's a starting quarterback anymore. I think the Saints are just, like, in the skids at this point, right? I, yeah, yep, I mean, well, when you when you let the Cardinals drop 25 points on you in the second quarter, right. that's that's all you pretty much need to know. And the, and the funny thing is, Kyler Murray only scored one passing touchdown. 
So it almost it almost begs the begs the question: Where did all the other touchdowns come from? Yeah, it was a defensive uh, showing here from from the old Cardinals. Here they had they had those three picks of of Andy Dalton. The, the lots of turnovers, lots mm-hmm. of turnovers. Uh, Andy Dalton did wind up throwing four touchdown passes, but almost out of necessity in this game. <laughs> it just <laughs> it was just a whole different story. In the meantime. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, there was no double XP weekend that, uh, during this game, so you know, he actually performed decently. Um, yeah, like that. So yeah. Cardinals will wind up getting away with one. That, you know, like I said, it, the, it's 42-34 Cardinals, but I don't think that score actually shows just how bad this game actually was um, mm-hmm. against the Saints. Uh, next up, we got the Ravens and the Browns. The Ravens go and beat the Browns 23-20. to You know, I'm starting... This Ravens team started out so hot weeks 1, 2, and 3, and since then they've kind of come back down to earth with the rest of us. They eke one out. I always get that these games in the in the uh, North here are... are the, the AFC North is one of those, those divisions where all the teams play each other very, very hard all the time. And we've seen games like this, even when Cleveland was undefeated, or I'm sorry, um, uh, they had the unwinning seasons here, yeah. when, they, when they they still gave the Ravens a hard time. I remember, you know, when they were, you know, they did go 0-16 the one year, and Tyler and I were sitting together watching that game going, uh, as the the uh, the Browns went up 21-0 a few years ago. So in, in, in the midst of that that uh, zero win season so it we we have questions here but uh the ravens seem to be kind of coming back down to earth lamar is not playing at the same level uh nine for 16 for 120 in this game so i mean eh, eh whatever and then on the other side you got the browns who i mean it's run 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 for them uh i don't think jacoby Brissett is the answer they're just trying to equate their way through but it's turned into a disaster as they're two and five right now are, are the Ravens the same team that that we that we saw the first three weeks? Do you think they they still got what it takes to make it to the Super Bowl here? They are absolutely not the same team we saw the first couple of weeks. Uh, they def they desperately needed this win, you know. Definitely uh, gives them a bit of a shot in the arm. But if we take a look at the Baltimore schedule coming up, I mean, we do this all, I do this all the time. You know, they got the Saints on, on uh, November 7th. They got a bye week this week, so th- they'll definitely take advantage of that. Uh, but if you take a look at the next couple of games down the stretch, you know, they do have the ability to right the ship, as it were. But at this point, uh, the, Lamar is definitely not the MVP Lamar of, of, of years past. That, that remains to be seen. Um, I think this just falls on the shoulders of Jacoby Brissett and uh, the Cleveland offense. Yeah, the the Cleveland Browns have just been a mess, and I like I said, I, we, when we when we saw Jacoby Brissett coming in, we all kind of thought to ourselves, okay, uh, the, the Browns are just trying to make it through until Deshaun Watson gets there, and and you know as long as Jacoby Brissett can win them about five games or six games, they should be fine. Right now they're two and five, so I, yeah. it's it's kind of a shit show. And on the other side, when it comes to Baltimore, I mean. They came into this game three and three. Now they're four and three. That's fine. But you are right. Lamar is not the same Lamar Jackson um, that we were seeing in the first three games of this season. Uh, the first three games of this season, I mean, red hot. And then since then, he's really fallen off heavy. Like I said, nine for 16 for 120. It's nothing to write home about. Um, so, I mean, it's 
We have questions. There are but, questions about about uh, this this Ravens team, but they do squeak one out here against the Browns, twenty three to twenty. Uh, next up, we got the surprise of the weekend. The Panthers go ahead and beat the Bucks twenty one to three. Uh, Tom Brady does next to nothing in this game. He gets a ton of yardage, but doesn't get any touchdowns. The Bucks' red zone offense is just a fucking nightmare at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had we had a Thursday night game uh, with Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I, I even forgot the team that they were playing. But you know, when it comes to this game, I saw this score, and my eyes popped out of my head. I'm like, what? Tampa yeah. Bay was supposed to run over Carolina. And, and, you know, granted, they had just traded away Christian McCaffrey. And they, they had a, basically a running back duo between uh, Dante Foreman and uh, I forget who the other guy is off the top of my head. But, yeah, but you know, those two guys, they tore up the field uh, as far as rushing is concerned. They had 173 rushing yards to Tampa Bay's 46. Yeah, I mean, Tim, obviously Tom Brady won the passing game at 276, but as you said, no touchdowns to show for it. Well, let's also talk about the fact that, that technically speaking, even though P.J. Walker only had 177 yards, guess what? P.J. Walker had two passing touchdowns in this game with Tom Brady's zero. So, I mean, he got outdueled by P.J. Walker. I think one of the big concerns for me is this. Number one, I think Tampa Bay... They need to quit abandoning the run game. They've been abandoning the run game for the last two games now, um, if, from this game and the game uh, this last Thursday night game, which we'll talk about shortly. They've abandoned the running game. Leonard Fournette has basically been a non-factor because they've got Tom Brady throwing the ball all, all over the place. But, you know, personally speaking, I mean, a lot of people are blaming Tom and his off-the-field issues, which we'll talk about in, in a little while here. But let, can we just please point out the fact that maybe Todd Bowles just isn't a good coach. Like, yeah. every single time that man goes to a team, the team falls apart. And here we are with with the Buccaneers. Todd Bowles takes over as a head coach from Bruce Arians, and suddenly this team hits the skids. I really believe that... Um, we're going to see in the in the coming weeks whether or not Todd Bowles, it's a Todd Bowles thing. We're going to find out if it's a Tom Brady thing. And it, you know what? Tom Brady and his divorce being finalized. Woo, buddy. We're going to be we're going to be chit chatting about that a little bit. But um, yeah, it, it, it has not been good for the Bucs. They, they have to figure something out um, in the interim. And on the other end, though, you got the Panthers. P.J. Walker outperforming. I think Foreman and Chuba Hubbard both had themselves a solid game. Chuba Hubbard hawked a touchdown in the game. But Foreman is the lead rusher here. We know Foreman's the lead rusher. Let's not forget, Deontay Foreman filled in very admirably for Derrick Henry last year. So 15 carries for 118 yards for him. And now Chuba Hubbard, we'll be talking about that shortly too, is hurt. So we'll be chatting about those two. But, yeah, the, the Panthers upset the Bucks here 21 to 3. Next up we got the Bengals beating the Falcons. This one was sort of expected 35 to 17. Uh Joe Burrow going full god mode in this game with a yeah. outlandish stat line, uh, a 34 for 42, 41 three touchdowns. I mean, huge game for for him. The the Bengals receivers did fire it up. The the rough part of this game, the 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 big story as we walk out of this game is Jamar Chase with a hip injury. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a little while, but he did have himself two touchdowns in this game. Uh, on the other end, you got the Falcons. Marcus Mariota has been, you know, it's almost like uh, the Falcons realized that the less we make Mariota throw the ball, the better off we're going to wind up being. And that's been their formula for the last couple of weeks. Lots of running the footballs with uh, Cordero Patterson still being out. 
Tyler Algier has been the main runner. They have had Caleb Huntley running a little bit, but Tyler Algier is the story uh, as far as their running game goes. But I also want to point out, I really don't think Arthur Smith is a very good head coach, and I don't think he knows what the fuck he's doing when you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London on the field and each of those guys only get nine yards. Yeah, that's that's definitely an indicator. I mean, whether you have the GOAT and you're not doing anything right, or when you have high-caliber players like Drake London, uh, you know, on your on your squad, and you're not giving them the football. Come on, man, what are we doing? Yeah, Kyle Pitts was a um, a 1,000 yard receiver last year. Yeah, right. I, yep. I mean, this is he's a 1,000 yard tight end. It just doesn't make sense. I really believe that Arthur Smith is just absolutely lost. Yeah, how how long has he been coaching? It sounds like he's been with the Falcons for quite some time. Well, he's only been there for a couple of years, but but the pro, he was the um, the offensive coordinator. Well, actually, I think he was the offensive line coordinator for the um, the Tennessee Titans last year or uh, two years ago. But it, it was just it's the point, and I think he got the job based on on Derrick Henry's merit and how good Derrick Henry was and that that uh, magnificent season he had. But man, Arthur Smith is just. I, I've come to the conclusion that he doesn't know how to use a number one receiver, and he obviously doesn't know how to use a number one tight end, at least one that is as capable and as talented as Kyle Pitts. So the Falcons drop one here to the Bengals, 35-17. Arthur Smith should be on the fucking hot seat at this point, as far as I'm concerned. And I'll tell you what, the Bengals really needed this win, too. Perhaps we'll see them start to get back to playoff form. Yeah, they they're gonna they have been getting back to playoff form. <clears throat> Suddenly, that team has become incredibly dangerous. We're gonna see what Joe Burrow uh, can do in the coming weeks because uh, he's got a, an issue on his hands. But I don't think it's as big as everybody believes. Um, next up, the Cowboys beat your lie downs twenty four to sixteen. You know, this game was not as much of a a smack around as I thought it was gonna be. I really thought the Cowboys were gonna come out a little more hot in this game. And they really didn't. They had a very, very powerful ground game. Zeke Elliott gets in the end zone twice in this game, which is kind of a surprise, even though Tony Pollard outgains Zeke. A um, lot of things going on here. Dak Prescott was 19 for 25. He was very accurate, but not a ton of yards. He did have a touchdown on the day, so he was efficient enough. Um, CeeDee Lamb started looking like the CD Lamb of old, four receptions, 70 yards. It's a whole different animal when you don't have Cooper Rush on the field. Um, as for the Lions, you know, Jared Goff, very accurate, but still threw two picks in that game. 21 for 26 in this game. So, I mean, I, you know, he had he had a rough go. A lot of guys out here blaming Jared Goff. <clears throat> Our boy uh, uh, Ray Collins blaming Jared Goff for, for this loss. Let me be some, make something clear. The Lions offensive line really let a lot of things go right past them. That Cowboys defensive line is very good. Right. And, and that Lions offensive line that ranked so high early in the year was slapped around by Dallas. Am I right? Yeah. So uh, this is what I'm starting to notice as a Detroit fan. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, and I probably it's probably for the best because it probably would have had an aneurysm. Uh, but apparently what seems to be going on is that a, a different aspect of the team every week sucks. Yeah. One, one minute it's Jared Goff. One minute it's the defense. One minute, it's the the next minute, it's the offensive line. And I re- really, all roads lead to one person and one person only, Dan Campbell. He's the head coach. 
Um, I think he also is not uh, in the position to be an NFL head coach, unfortunately. When you've taken your team one and five and you're staring down the barrel of the Miami Dolphins and I think they also have, well, you know, when, when you got, when you have the schedule that the Lions have in the next couple of games, I mean, you're, you're staring down the barrel of one and seven. You know, so if the Lions hit one and seven by the time uh, they got they get the Bears on the thirteenth, I I think you're starting to press the panic button as as a, you should be as a Lions owner. Although Sheila Ford Hamp has said that she is still all in with Dan Campbell and uh, Brad Holmes, I believe is the GM. Uh, but I'm telling you what, this is not you know this is not biting kneecaps. This is not you know, hard knocks, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. I I'm kind of with you there. I, I don't know. I, I, to me, here's my issue. So Dan Campbell, it, it does. One thing I've learned about, about new head coaches in particular, and, and the Vikings have had plenty of them is that it does take time for a new regime to get their guys in here. Dan Campbell's entering year two. Um, and I got, I believe personally that, that, the Lions' offense is truly something to behold. In spite of this game, uh, I, I do think that that they've had good offensive outputs, and they're taking on two uh, elite defenses in the Patriots. They took on an elite early defense in in Dallas. Here, those are elite defenses, whether or not anybody wants to to admit it. Um, and they they both had incredible years on the defensive side of the football outside of the Patriots' last game against Chicago, which we'll talk about here shortly. But uh, I believe that Dan Campbell, he hasn't been given the the proper personnel to do the things that he wants to do or needs to do. Uh, we have to bear in mind a few things. Number one, you don't have Amon Ross St. Brown on the field. Uh, the ankle injury is is blasting him. This game, you also didn't have DeAndre Swift on the field. Right. It's a big issue. Uh, Jamal Williams is good, but he's not DeAndre Swift. Let's face right. that. Uh, you do have T.J. Hawkinson on the field, but Amon Ross St. Brown has been been hampered by that ankle injury. And the one guy that everybody seems to to just be overlooking in the fact that he's not there and the fact that he would be a game-changing type of player, I truly believe that because I've said it once on this show and I'll say it again. If he was on the field, Alabama's the national champion last year, and that's Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams not being on the field, is a huge problem. I truly do believe that if you have Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown on the field along with TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, and then even if it's Jared Goff on the on the field as your quarterback or if it becomes CJ Stroud as your quarterback, uh, it doesn't matter. You have that offense on the field, then it is a frightening offense. It is frightening.ly Good, and and the the Lions on the defensive side of the football, yeah, the defense sucks more often than not. But the reality is, is that the defense. Um, you know, they really haven't given him the personnel there a whole lot either. Everybody got excited about Agent Aiden Hutchinson, and that's been fine. But Aiden Hutchinson, let's be real, has not been that good. Malcolm Rodriguez has been better than Aiden Hutchinson. I know that Aiden Hutchinson gets doubled on a lot of plays. But at the end of the day, I really do believe that Malcolm Rodriguez is the better player. Uh, and you have, it's like you've got Aiden Hutchinson, you got Malcolm Rodriguez, you got you got Jeff Okuda, and then you've got eight guys and the other guys in there that are just lost you have to get the defensive personnel to fix this team that's something that the lions didn't do in this offseason we made a point to say hey the lions haven't done this for the the the, the offseason and we know that teams are going to have to uh, um outscore the the high-powered lions offense 
They haven't been so high-powered in the last couple of games, but let's bear in mind that there's been a lot of superstar power that hasn't been on that field. I do believe the Lions are, are moving in the proper direction with Dan Campbell and with Brad Holmes. I, I really do, and it's on one end, it's like, you know, I believe in Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell a lot. The players fight hard for him. They play hard for him. He knows what he's doing. The, the fact of the matter is they haven't given him the proper personnel. Um, I stand with Dan Campbell in spite of the fact that I don't like the Lions and I don't want the Lions to win anything. Right. I do believe that there's a future for this team um, in the future. As for the Cowboys, we see what they're doing here. They, they, they made their way with Cooper Rush, unlike the Cleveland Browns. Now Dak Prescott's back. They're 5-2. and two. Cowboys are on a, a solid trajectory. I do think that they're a, a potential playoff team. I want to see if Dak can continue to throw the ball effectively in spite of the fact that he had that hand injury and, and coming off of the surgery and whatnot. But I do think he's capable. Um, so we're going to see what the Cowboys can do in the upcoming uh, games here. This week they've got the Bears, so that should be a wash for them. Uh, next, we got the Giants and the Jags. Giants beat the Jags 23-17. This was actually a pretty evenly matched game, believe it or not. The records would say otherwise, but the Jags have been play- playing improved football, whether or not anyone wants to admit it. The Jags go uh, are 2-5 and five right now. They lose to the 6-1 and one Giants. Uh, the Giants came into this game 5-1. and one. Uh, Saquon doing Saquon things. Daniel Jones rushed for 107 yards in this game, which is crazy to me. Uh, the big story to me here, though, is on the Jags side of the football. Travis Etienne uh, going 14 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we'll be talking about why that was coming up here. I, I I know why it was. It was a big news story throughout the week. But, yeah, uh, Travis Etienne, man, do you like him? Do you think he's going to be a stud in this league? He came off that, that list rank injury last year, and uh, he's been looking pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, the, the stat line speaks for itself. You know, um, I think, you know, he, I, I believe that he and Trevor Lawrence, uh, I, know, he, I know he was in college. I believe they were teammates in college, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. So they have that rapport going. Uh, even And even if that's not the case, uh, you, you know, you have a dynamic player in Travis Etienne. So time will tell if, if uh, the, up, the trajectory is upward, uh, but at the same time, you know, let's let's uh, let's hope that let's hope that uh, this team will uh, continue to see dividends with this player. Yeah, I think uh, Travis Etienne is a special type of player. And you know what? I really love the depth that the uh, Jags have at the running back position, by the way. Um, and, and James Robinson no longer in town. But but. Oh, yeah. Behind Travis Etienne. Jamichael Hasty is a guy that people are overlooking here. Let's not forget, Jamichael Hasty was a very capable running back with the San Francisco 49ers. He performed very admirably when Elijah Mitchell went down. Performed very admirably when Rashad, or I'm sorry, um, uh, his, his name is escaping me at the moment. Um, he is the the uh, number one running back for the the Dolphins at this point. But uh, Jamichael Hasty is coming in relief in the 49ers for quite some time. Uh, very, very good running back and able to be a number one. So let's not forget that. Um, and uh, obviously, Danny Dimes is still getting it done. Do you think Danny Dimes should be getting a contract extension? Do you think the Giants should still move on from him after this? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of like a Cooper Rush situation, in my opinion. Uh, Daniel Jones is in position to help other people make be better. 
But at the same time, I cannot see Daniel Jones being a long-term solution for the New York football giants. I mean, when they drafted him a couple of years ago, we all like laughed. We thought, oh my God, you know, they got the next Eli Manning. He even looks like Eli Manning, plays like Eli Manning uh, without the two Super Bowl victories. Uh, you know, he always, you know, he has the stumble bump, the stumble, uh, you know, where he was running down the field and he fell over himself. I mean, you know, he has been playing very, he has been playing well this season, or at least, you know, given the team the opportunity to play well. I mean, the, you know, the defense is stepping up as well. So it's not necessarily the Daniel Jones show, it's the New York Giants show. And Saquon Barkley is a big part of that, that team. So I believe that, you know, the Giants still should probably look for their next quarterback of the future and, and just move on from D. Jones here. Yeah, I think it's just more of a fact that, that Brian DeBall is that good of a head coach. Uh, him coming in is is uh, something special. We got to see how special he was in, in Buffalo, uh, turning Josh Allen into the stud he he is. That's why he got this job, is because of the fact that he turned Josh Allen into a superstar. Brian DeBall is a good head coach. I think he, he's proven it. I think he's proven to be the answer with the New York Giants. Uh, and... and Daniel Jones at this point might just be like the Alex Smith of this situation where, where, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to find their stud quarterback in the, in this draft and uh, they're going to, they're going to roll with it. And, and, and uh, you might see, uh, was it uh, Hayden Hooker? I think his name is, mm-hmm. you, you might, you might be seeing him uh, in a New York Giants uniform in the future. Oh, if we do look out. Absolutely, look out! By the way, that the reading, the leading rusher in the Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert, yeah, is the guy you were looking for. It popped up in my head. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, Raheem Mostert, and that Jamichael Hasty did play for in relief of Raheem Mostert uh, over when Raheem Mostert was with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. So, and he played very admirably in that situation. By the way, um, next up we got the Packers dropping one to the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke comes out of the field. Hey, we love when the Packers lose on this show, but uh, Taylor Heineke comes on the field, makes Tyler eat a big old shit sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. Packers, um, Heineke looked decent in this game, 20 for 33, 201, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but you know who really came alive because of the presence of Taylor Heineke is Terry McLaurin. And this is one thing we were talking about on last week's show. Terry McLaurin gets a lot of receptions because of the rapport that he has with Taylor Heineke. Um, Taylor Heineke, I think, is the better quarterback for this team currently because of the fact that Carson Wentz, even though he had the hot start, really floundered in the last few weeks. Now he's hurt. Out for six weeks, in comes Taylor Heineke. I think the team rallies around him. And there's there's just some magical thing about Taylor Heineke. People get behind him. It's like that movie, The Replacements. And people just, just like their, Taylor Heineke is Shane Falco in the situation. I, I just I really believe that. Um, as for Aaron Rodgers, more floundering from him, and he is just, Aaron Rodgers is just not happy, and you can just tell he's not happy. He goes in the interviews after the, after the games and says certain things like, you know, uh, oh, if you're not playing well, you don't need to be on my field, and da-da-da-da-da. You know, first of all, I think Aaron Rodgers retires after this year. I think he's cooked, to be honest, and, and I yeah. think doesn't want to play for this football team anymore. What's the over/under on Aaron Rodgers and his retirement here? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at negative two hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. You, you you bet you bet a, you bet two hundred dollars to win a hundred. Uh, he's 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 probably gonna take his ball and go home. 
I mean, there's no like he's been in this league long enough, and if if he if he does come out and say he retires, you know, I, I'll I'll do a happy dance over here. Uh, it does leave. It does kind of leave. It kind of uh, begs the question: Who's going to pick up, you know, the slack in in the quarterback position? I mean, is it Jordan Love? I can't imagine that it is. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're just going to get their new quarterback in the draft. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they do have some talent. You know, I mean, it, it's not like. Uh, I mean, the fact that it, and the fact that um, what's his face, uh, Randall Cobb is injured. You know that doesn't help. The fact that Devonte Adams skipped town that doesn't help. You know, so you're stuck with Alan Lazard, AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones, which you know that's not bad. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a bad situation to be in. But at the same time, you know some of their heavier hitters, you know, uh, have all either been gone, gone to other teams or they're sitting on the bench because they're hurt. Yep, and and Aaron Rodgers has been begging for weapons for years now, and the, the Packers have simply just refused to do that and address that in the draft. They've been getting these old, washed veterans, guys like Sammy Watkins coming in through the door who, who played for the first time, I think, this year, uh, you know, or the first time in several weeks, actually, uh, against the Commanders in this last game. Uh, is Taylor Heineke over on the Washington side better than Carson Wentz? Well, it, it certainly seems to be trending that way. I mean, you know, it's the same story every single year with Carson Wentz. Starts hot, gets hurt. Starts hot, gets hurt. Starts hot, gets hurt. I mean, he started so hot that, you know, when Nick Foles took over, Nick Foles helped them win a Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> but that was with the Eagles. You know, didn't didn't work out with the, with the Indianapolis Colts, and now here he is with the Commanders. And, you know, it's the same story. Taylor Heideke, you know, may have he may have a little polishing up to do, but as you said, you know, this team seems to rally around him. You know, and Brian Robinson, you know, hopping a hopping a, you know, and, and getting it done on the ground, 20 carries for 73 yards. Antonio Gibson right behind him for 59 yards. So, and then you know, you, you also have Curtis Samuel, you know, uh, you know, their top receiver. Uh, Terry McLaurin um, is their top receiver, really. Uh, you know, those t- I think it's one A. Do you think it's one A, one B situation? Uh, it could be. I think I think Curtis Samuel started so hot, but he had the better rapport with with uh, Carson Wentz, whereas Taylor Heineke and and Terry McLaurin have the better rapport. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel is a fully capable receiver. I don't think Taylor because of the rapport that that Heineke has with McLaurin, and they know each other so well. Samuel was a sign on uh, last year that really never got to see the field because he was hurt all year last year. So it, it really. I, I do think that Curtis Samuel could be a really special receiver. But, you know, we're going to see uh, if Taylor Heineke can start utilizing him a little more and, and being a little more effective in these situations. Uh, next up, we got the Titans and the Colts. 19-10 to 10 for the Titans here. Titans go ahead and beat them. Uh, very low-scoring affair. Um, Matt Ryan, uh, he, he that'll be a, concer- a, a certain situation to talk about shortly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Tannehill looks like crap. Derrick Henry looked all right. 30 carries for 128 yards. Look, this offense runs through Derrick Henry, period. That's just what it is. If it's if it's not uh, uh, running through Derrick Henry, it's not going to be worthwhile, and it's not going to be any good. They don't have any receivers over here. Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback. They need to revamp their passing game with the Tennessee Titans. In spite of the fact that they won this football game, they need to revamp that passing game because what a mess. And let's just face the reality. When they lost A.J. Brown, that passing attack went bye-bye. Yep. 
Traylon Burke is not the guy. Yep, and we saw we're seeing how AJ Brown's lining it up with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's probably a prime reason why they're undefeated. Right. Uh, and, you know, and the fact that you know Matt Ryan, you know, had not a he didn't have a bad stat line, thirty three of forty four for two hundred and forty three yards, and he scored a touchdown. Yeah, he threw two picks. Um, I mean, his QBR was a seventy six, so it's not like ball shat, you know, ball shattering. But yeah. at the same time, you know, we get to this. We'll get to this news story in a bit. Uh, that's very surprising. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Tennessee offense is running through Derek, literally, uh, you know, pardon the pun, through Derek Henry. Yep. That's that's what they have to do in order to be anything remotely effective. And then on top of it, you know, uh, or, well, I think the Colts are kind of a mess on the offensive side of the football. I think their defense is very, very good. But on the offensive side of the football, they're sort of a mess. And you know you're a fucking mess when you're only running Jonathan Taylor 10 times. Let me just make yeah. that. Yeah. You ran Jonathan Taylor 10 times for 58 yards in this game. Jonathan Taylor should be toting the rock 20-plus times a game. That's just mm-hmm. the bottom line on it. If he's not toting the rock 20-plus times a game, you're not doing your job. Right. You know, that's just all that is. So, so you would you would probably say that that Indianapolis offense runs through Jonathan Taylor. It should. And then that was supposed to be the big showdown. Derrick Henry versus Jonathan Taylor. It just didn't happen. Uh, the Colts are a mess. I think Frank Reich is is possibly on the – I mean, I know he's on the hot seat at this point. You missed the playoffs last year against the Jags. Uh, that, that last game of the year, they, they basically took you out. Uh, just a, a uh, an interesting thing. So uh, we're going to wind up um, seeing what the Colts wind up doing in the future, especially with Sam Ellinger coming out of the field pretty soon. Uh, next up, we got the Raiders and the Texans. Raiders beat the Texans 38-20. to uh, this was kind of, a, it was almost no surprise because we did expect the Raiders to go ahead and beat the Texans who are 1-4-1 and right now. But the the way that the Raiders played this game is the Raiders team that we've been expecting all year. Josh Jacobs finally turns it up. He gives a very surprising, well, I'm not going to say a surprising performance, but because his last three performances have been something to behold. But uh he goes out and takes control of this situation for a whopping 143 and three touchdowns on the day. And on the other side, one guy I want to mention about the Texans here, Damian Pierce. I love Damian Pierce. He is a special running back. I think they found their running back of the future. The Raiders run defense has been very stingy this year. Uh, Damian Pierce still manages to put up 92 yards on 20 carries, a 4.6 average. So he looked damn good. Davis Mills. I, I mean, doing the best he can with with uh, what he's got over there. I'm not going to sit here and act like Davis, Davis Mills is some type of incredible quarterback or anything of the sort. I'm not going to pretend like, that, like that's the case. But what I am going to say is that Davis Mills has been doing the best he can. Um, it, it's not like they have a ton of, you know, outstanding pieces over there outside of Brandon Cooks. I mean, their number two receiver is Philip Dorsett, who did have a touchdown in this game, but he's not a true you know, monster receiver or anything like that. And Davis Mills still managed to put up 302 yards and two TDs. So, you know, I, I think the Texans are digging their way out, but I do think they have their running back in the future in Damian Pierce, don't you? Yep, absolutely. I mean, when, again, you, you care, give them the rock 20 times. And, you know, what they didn't, what the Colts didn't do with Jonathan Taylor. And the fact that with the stingy run defense uh, for the Vegas Raiders, uh, that you still put up 92 for an average of 4.6. And, you know, his longest rush was 22. So I'm like, yeah, we're, we're definitely starting to see. Um, I, th- I think you said he was the next, uh, the, the other. He's like Arian Foster in his prime. 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, time will tell if, if uh, you know, he'll, he'll start really cooking here. But really, I think they're going to have to go into the draft. These This team's going to have to go into the draft to get their next quarterback. Because as you said, Davis Mills isn't a world beater by any. But it's it's good to see the Texans doing the best they can with what they have. You know, right. it's still a dumpster fire down there. But well, at least they, at least they're, they're they're running they're running towards it with the fire extinguishers. Yeah. Then on the other side with the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Let's not forget in the offseason that the Raiders did deny Josh Jacobs fifth year option. Uh, Josh Jacobs is sitting there with right now after three monster games with the Raiders. Um, and and he's looking like just some like world beater at this point. He's red hot. Do you think Josh Jacobs is going to get re-signed by the Raiders, or do you think he says "fuck you," hits free agency, and gets the hell out of there? And if that's the case, who do you think is the starting running back? I think it's Zamir White. All right. Well, I'll tell you, he's 24 years old, so he's he's really starting to come into his prime. I mean, you know, prime is like, I, I, I guess it's different for different positions, but for for a running back. You know, obviously he's out of Alabama, so you know they've been they've been you know Derrick Henry was out of Alabama. You know, a whole lot of these kids out of Alabama, uh, you know, made it big in the pros. Uh, the fact that they denied his fifth year option, you know, kind of like is like a, eh, what are you doing here? Uh, it's possible that it was a move to uh, you know garner some cap space, but um, if you take a look, I would probably have him. I would I would love to see him go to a team that really needed a running back, you know, maybe that he could go, uh, I'm, I'm just going to you know, start throwing darts here. You know, maybe, maybe he lands in you know, Atlanta, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe he could go to, you know, maybe he could, he could, he could fill it. He could fill something in with uh, Baltimore. You know, he he would be he would be a fixture in, in Baltimore, especially with uh, J.K. Dobbins sitting on sitting on the bench with an injury. You know, and you know, who, who knows? Maybe maybe the or maybe the Kansas City Chiefs could could sneak something in and, and you know get a, get a Josh Jacobs. That would be uh, well, just humiliating. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah. The the. I, buff- Bills, I just I, I can't say that enough. Buffalo, Buffalo needs running back so bad. I'm so sick and tired of seeing Devin, Devin Singletary on the field, and we'll be talking about possibilities for Buffalo here to get a running back shortly because we do have the trade deadline around the corner. But um, you know, uh, I, I really do think that Josh Jacobs is going to hit free agency this year. If I were him, I'd be pissed and I'd be wanting to go elsewhere. And I'd say, oh, you didn't pick up my fifth year option. Okay, up yours. Uh, they're going to have to offer him a premium to get him, yeah. and they're—I don't think they're going to—they're going to do it. I think the Raiders are going to go. Ooh, that's a little too uh, rich for my blood. And he's going to go okay, and he's going to sign elsewhere for a reasonable amount of money. So just <laughs> a dick, and I would do the same thing. Um, next up, we got the Jets and the Broncos. The Jets go ahead and beat the Broncos. Another low-scoring affair, sixteen to nine. Another uh, snoozer. Yeah, the Jets have been been a uh, uh, you know one of the surprise teams this year. Right now, they're five and two. We've never expected the Jets to be five and two, but they've been getting it done. However, Brees Hall did go down in this game. He's out for the year. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. With you know, we know that the Jets are are making moves. We'll talk about their move that they made this past week as well. But man, Brees Hall not being on the field—that's got to kill them, right? Absolutely. That this kid was on track to 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 make a thousand yards. We were talking about it last week. You know, yeah, he absolutely could make a thousand yards. Well, so much for that theory. 
Uh, he, he was able to record 72 yards before he went down. Uh, so Michael Carter, you know, you know, is, is licking his chops going, okay, you know, now I'm going to step into the RB1 position, but he's, I don't I don't think he's an RB1 player. Well, he's uh, not going to because of the move that they made this week, and, and the Jets did make a trade. We'll, we'll talk about that trade shortly. But, okay. you know, I, I think um, – I think Michael Carter, you know, a lot of people got excited about the idea of Michael Carter because Michael Carter was the number one running back for the Jets. But frankly, I don't think the Michael Carter is anything special. Um, I know he was getting excited and everybody was getting, oh, look at Michael Carter. <laughs> well, it, it, there's a, another thing I want to point out here is uh, guess who's not on the on the box score this week? Oh, Russell Wilson. Uh, he got sat in favor of Brett Ripien. Uh, he actually didn't do too bad, uh, 20, you know, 24 to 46 to 25 uh, for, you know, he threw a pick. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, fix the, the problems in Denver. Well, well, Russ gets, gets, uh, he rides the pine for the week because of the injury. He did have a, a little bit of an injury bug. Brett Rippian comes in. Rippian is, is the, uh, the nephew of a former Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Commanders. Uh, he's definitely not his uncle, though. I'll tell you that much. 24 for 46, 225. He didn't – the stat line, like, from a yardage perspective, doesn't look bad, but 24 for 46, woof. Yeah. Uh, and then and he did have the pick. I mean, it's kind of to be expected. The guy was, I think, a sixth-rounder. He's nothing really to write home about. But, you know, honestly, compared to what we've been seeing, I'm not too mad about Brett Ripley at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, so but the the Jets go out. They beat the Broncos sixteen to nine. Uh, next up, we got the Chiefs and the Niners. Sort of a surprise. A lot of us picked the Niners. I believe I did last week. But the Chiefs go out and just demolish them, forty four to twenty three. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey makes his debut with the Niners. Uh, you know, and and it really wasn't anything to write home about. He had eight carries for thirty eight yards. He looked kind of hot in a couple of those carries. It was like, all right. There you go. I mean, you, you couldn't expect too much on a three days notice. Let's be, be clear that that trade just happened a couple mm-hmm. weeks before. But Christian McCaffrey does debut. Uh, Jeff Wilson still uh, got the 54 yards. He had a 7.7 average on the day. He's still kind of fighting for his life. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to take on more of a role here uh, moving into uh, uh, the coming weeks, don't you? Yep, absolutely. I mean, well, when you, when you flush out all your draft picks and you don't have anything to go on, you're basically saying Super Bowl or bust, and yeah. th- and it's a and this is a move that does speak Super Bowl or bust, and and it's a legitimate move, you know. So I'm not pressing the panic button if I'm a San Francisco fan because you just got beat by one of the best teams in the NFL and quite possibly the best quarterback in the modern era, Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. Uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, doing doing well on the ground as well. And Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, you know, showing up as the top receiver in the box score. Seven seven catches for 124 yards. Uh, yeah. So, you know, th- this is like, this this could possibly be a playoff matchup. You know, or, or it, a, it, this could be a Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, it would be a Super Bowl rematch. I mean, let's let's put point out, number one, Patrick Mahomes, you know, obviously his stat line just speaks for itself because it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster, we're finally getting to see Juju Smith-Schuster seem like the Juju Smith-Schuster of old, which is kind of nice. That's a kind of a tongue twister, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but also, I want to point out, Isaiah Pacheco, he paced the backfield there for the, the Chiefs. Uh, and, and I think he's a better running back than Clyde Edwards-Hellaire, and he has just kind of been pacing the backfield. He didn't have a ton of carries, but eight carries for 40 yards. He had a 5.4 average. He looked damn good. 
Uh, and I think Isaiah Pacheco is kind of a special running running back, and I, I think the Chiefs see that as well. So you're going to see uh, a lot more of him, I believe. And, um, you know, the, the Chiefs go out and they beat the brakes off the Niners this time around, 44-23. So we got to see that. Uh, next up, kind of a weird game. Seahawks go ahead and beat the Chargers 37-23. to Kind of surprised by that. Uh, mm. Because the Chargers have been a competitive team this year. Chargers are 4-3. and three. Seahawks suddenly 4-3, and three, leading the NFC West. What in the hell are we talking about here? And Geno Smith. You and know, 20. Geno Smith. And you know what? His stat lines haven't been world-beating. That's the thing. Like, right. everybody keeps talking about Geno Smith being so high on the PFF scores. And I just want to point something out. I'm really not... Like, if there's any thing that I'm really not super sold on, it's the grades for the PFF grades for quarterbacks and receivers based on certain aspects. And I I think a lot of it falls on accuracy when it comes to Geno Smith. Like, for example, 20 for 27 is not a bad accuracy rating here. But, um, you know, the PFF grades really build up for quarterbacks in particular based on their accuracy. And I understand people like, oh, you mean that one thing that they they do, you know, where they got to throw the ball accurately? Ha, 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 the most important part of being quarterback? Well, no, it's not the most important part of being quarterback. Yeah, accuracy is a big thing, but, dude, anybody can dump off, you know, 20 little, you know, uh, uh, checkdowns, and, and yeah. their accuracy goes through the roof. So, I mean, it's not always about that. And and in this case, Geno Smith, he threw 20 passes for 210 yards, I mean, how many of those plays were guys making plays with their legs? You know, we, we don't know that. We have to really analyze every play. And so that's why I'm and, and they get a higher PFF score uh, week over week based on whether or not it resulted in a first down, for example. That That's a big thing. Okay, so if there's a dump off and the pass is accurate, okay, and then the guy makes a play with his legs and gets a first down, the quarterback gets bumped. For getting a first down in that situation, it doesn't mean it was necessarily the right throw. So it, there's, there's questions about it. But <clears throat> Geno Smith, I mean, he's been doing enough to get it done. The big story for the Seahawks, though, let's talk about him. Kenneth Walker, yep. uh, three carries, 167, two touchdowns. He had a monster day on the ground. My fantasy team loved it. Uh, he had himself a wonderful, wonderful day. And Marquise Goodwin randomly looking like a number one receiver over Tyler Lockett. Look, I'm not sold on Tyler Lockett, and I, I still have not been. Like, Tyler Lockett's that guy that, like, you're going to see, like, you know, a couple of good games out of him where he just, blows, you know, blows up the stat sheet and has, like, some stupid fucking number out there. But let's be real. Tyler Lockett, me, is just kind of like, eh, at this point, because every other week it's just kind of like, eh, I'm going to put up garbage numbers. But, you know, we're going to have this irrelevant game in week 10, and I'm going to blow up the stat sheet for like 180 yards and two touchdowns, and then I'll disappear into the background again. That's kind of what Tyler Lockett is to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I digress. On the other side, the Chargers, I mean, Justin Herbert had a, had a bit of a rough game. I'm, I'm surprised here. Huston Eckler, man, he paced the, the receivers. Mike Williams wanted to get hurt in this game. A uh, lot going on here. Um, the Chargers, though, having a rough go in this one. Do you think the Chargers are still a playoff team? I think they are. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, let's, I mean, if we take a peek at their schedule, you know, they, they have a couple of games coming up here. Uh, they got one against the Falcons. They have the 49ers. Uh, they have the Chiefs and then the Cardinals. So their schedule is really tough. Uh, they have the personnel to get it done. 
Um, but it, so it's going to be tough sledding these next couple of games. Um, I think uh, it's going to come down to uh, you know their AFC West uh, uh, rivals here in the Chiefs, the Raiders, and then uh, you know they have the Rams at, at, in the last game of the year. The, the Broncos the last game of the year, but they have the LA Rams right before. So it it, it may come down to that last game against the Broncos, uh, if, whether or not they get into the playoffs. I think they're a low seed. I, I, I wouldn't buy them, you know, anything other than they're definitely not going to be a one or two. I'd probably see them as a five. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think they'll wind up being a five, like five, six or seven. They'll be a wild card. Um, I don't see it going any further than that, though. I, I don't think the Chargers are going to win this division. I think this is the Chiefs division to win here. Oh, yeah. and that's just the way it's going to go. As for the Seahawks, do you think they're the NFC West winner this year? Uh, you know, anything is possible in the NFC West because as as we, you know, as we say, you know, the NFC West is, is just this this anomaly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, the 49ers, though, they're sitting at three and four. It's a deceptive three and four. So if, if there's going to be a top contender for that NFC West, it will be the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but I think they just have uh, the tougher schedule you know they do have the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Saints. You know they got a couple of game. They got a game against the Dolphins and the Bucks. You know, and obviously you know they have you know a game against the Raiders, and then their last game is against the Cardinals. I mean, you know, I see that I can see the San Francisco 49ers turning turning this thing around and really coming back. And if they don't win the division, they'll at least get into the playoffs. But but then when the playoffs come, watch out. I think yeah. the sea. I think the Seahawks are just on borrowed time at this point, you know. And Geno Smith is going to. Exp- we're going to expose Geno Smith uh, when it when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the Niners having that tough schedule. If if they can squeak their way into the playoffs, for them, I think it's much more of a situation of make the tournament. If you make the tournament, I think the Niners are a dangerous team, and a lot of people are overlooking them. We got to see it last year. I think we're going to see it again this year. The Niners were, were counted out by a lot of folks last year, and we saw what they were capable of making it to the NFC title game. So we're going to find out um, just what they're all about. Uh, next up, we got the Dolphins and the Steelers. Dolphins beat the Steelers 16-10. to Very low-scoring game, kind of a snooze fest. But, you know, we did enjoy some uh, wonderful play from Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert. Both those guys had themselves solid games. Waddle paces the uh, receivers with four receptions for 88 yards. Tyreek Hill had seven for 72. And Mostert, he had 16 carries for 79 yards. He had four receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Had himself a hell of a game. Um, so I I think that this Dolphins team with Tua Tungavailoa on the field, I think they're a completely different team. I, I, you, We saw how they floundered with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this was a world-beating performance. He only scored 16 points against the Steelers. But I do think, and, and your defense did have three turnovers in that situation, but I will say that um, uh, I think that the Miami Dolphins are a completely different-look kind of team uh, with, with uh, Tua Tungavailoa on the field. I think they're much more dangerous. I think Tua is a good quarterback, and I think he's making us eat our words here because originally yep. I thought that Tua Tungavailoa wasn't going to be anything special. He's turned out to be a true top-tier quarterback for this team, kind of the guy that they need for this team, um, and, and he's proven that he's NFL-ready. 
but uh, I, I still don't think that he's he's a Justin Herbert by any stretch of the imagination. I will say that I think Justin Herbert is still going to wind up, uh, you know, developing so much to have a, a bust in Canton. But Tua Tagovailoa proving that he is a good quarterback, particularly in this Mike McDaniel system. Am I right? Yep, I think uh, you know that the numbers are starting to speak for themselves. You know, everybody got really behind him during that whole you know that that incident with the concussion. And the fact that the Miami the Miami's doctors, you know, cleared him way too early, you know, that it's obviously going to affect how uh, the concussion protocol is is addressed in the future, uh, you know. So that but that irresponsibility, ironically, has kind of lit a fire under his ass. I mean, I mean whether whether it's connected or not, uh, there the, the fire is there. Uh, you know, I would expect to see this team uh, make obviously make the playoffs. They have a lighter schedule uh, than most teams. I mean, they got the Lions today, uh, the, the, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. So that's a couple of easy Ws. Uh, so they could probably sneak their way into the division um, if we take a look. If, if we take a look at those standings, uh, I gotta keep that open, by the way. I do think the Dolphins really have a great opportunity to win this division here yep. still. Um, I mean, it, it, it is the Bills to win, though. I just I just realized this. They have a good shot at winning it. Let's not forget the Dolphins, I think, do carry a win over the Bills earlier this year. Um, it was oh, a very yeah. win, but they do have the, a win. So technically they have the tiebreaker, even though the Bills, I believe, are leading the division. Yep. Um, but I do think Tua Tungabailoa is the, the kind of player that they need in, in Miami, no doubt. Um, as far as the Steelers go, I mean, Kenny Pickett had himself a very, very rough game. 32 for 44, 257. He had a touchdown. He had three interceptions on the day. Uh, just kind of a tough matchup for him. Uh, the, the Steelers, you know, they're two and five right now. I, You know, Tyler and I are both kind of on the same page, and I think you're on the same page with us, where having a quarterback sit behind a veteran is a good thing. Kenny Pickett has not been given that, that sort of opportunity to sit for a full season and learn. He was kind of cast to the wall very, very early because Mitchell Trubisky is trash. Um, and and here we are, Kenny Pickett just having a rough go of things. I like Kenny Pickett. He's very easy to root for. I really do believe that Kenny Pickett is the kind of player that, that will develop in time. Uh, I think George Pickens and him are, are developing a, a kind of rapport. But I, I do believe that... that um, Mike Tomlin is is sort of in a situation where he wants to create uh, uh, a better rapport with new receivers. They're going to need to get some fresh blood at the receiver position because he really doesn't connect with any of these guys other than George Pickens. Him and Pickens have a really good rapport. Pat Fryermuth at tight end, they have a good rapport. But those are all what we what I would call Roethlisberger guys. Deontay Johnson, it's Claypool. Those are Roethlisberger guys. And those guys are guys that that uh, Roethlisberger loved. Deontay Johnson. I mean, we saw a ton of targets for Deontay Johnson last year. He's still getting the target share, but I think a lot of that has to do with the system. I think Kenny Pickett's not as confident um, in in what he's doing, and also a guy that really has not been good this year. Let's face facts: is Najee Harris. Mm. Najee Harris has not been good, and and uh, we're talking about a guy with a a. Uh, uh, in, in moving into so last year, I think a lot of people got excited about Najee Harris. Um, I know you got excited about him in your fantasy team. Uh, a lot of people were fired up. Let's not forget Najee Harris last year. He ended with a sub four average. So we we got to keep that in mind. I don't know that Najee Harris is really anything spectacular. I think people are way too excited about him, and I th- do think he's kind of an over glorified change of pace back at this point. 
He had a lot of catches out of the backfield. His numbers were inflated because of it. Um, and that's that's a big thing about Najee Harris. I, I just don't think he's the stud that everybody thought he was last year. It was kind of fool's gold. Uh, do you think Kenny Pickett can turn this thing around? Do you think it's kind of a Peyton Manning type of season where he comes out for his first year and shits all over himself and then, you know, here we are? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Kenny Pickett uh, definitely doesn't turn things around this year. Uh, doesn't doesn't mean to say that he won't turn things around in the near future. Uh, Najee Harris is definitely a bum, you know, compared to some of these other uh, running backs in the league. Uh, if, if you take a look at the Steelers' schedule, you know they have a they have a game against the undefeated Eagles today. Uh, they have the Saints, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Falcons. So you know, it's 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 a little, it's a bit of tough sledding. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put this team in the playoffs uh, by any stretch of the of the imagination. I mean, right now they're sitting they're sitting dirty at two and five. Yeah. You know, and you know and they're third in the AFC North, which you know if it's an AFC North game, they're going to play their hearts out because division rivalry games are always different. But when you but just from an outside from an outside perspective, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be missing out on the playoffs this year. Uh, not to say that they won't improve in, in the years to come, especially with the draft coming up, but I really think uh, this year, not so much. Yeah, this year I think they're, you can basically say they're cooked. But yeah, two and five for the Steelers right now as the Dolphins move on to four and three. Last but not least, we got Monday Night Football. The Bears and the Patriots, a very, very surprising game. Um, Bears go out, dominate the Patriots, 33-14. Look, I want to point out, first of all, we'll, we'll start with the, the Patriots. I'm going to call it quarterback dysphoria. Um, I think they don't know what quarterback they want to start. I think um, Mac Jones, it, he may not be the guy for the Steelers. The fans want Bailey Zappi. And whether or not Bailey Zappi, but first of all, Bailey Zappi didn't play well in this game. But let's also point out the Bears defense has been very, very good, regardless of whether, like, from a scoring perspective, um, really holding teams down. The Bears have actually held teams to very low scores this year, in spite of the fact that they're losing football games and Justin Fields is a joke. Um, they've been holding teams down defensively. And and uh, I, in spite of all the moves that they made and how bad their secondary is and whatever else, they still have been holding teams to very few points. Uh, the Bears wind up holding the Patriots here to 14 after the Patriots, you know, have gone off for the last couple of weeks and, and won games. I'm going to point out, I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. Uh, I think he, he was kind of fool's gold last year. And I think the Patriots are confused and, and Bill Belichick is sort of conflicted about who he wants to start at the quarterback position. I think, you know, in this game, he started Mac Jones. People started screaming for Bailey Zappi. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it's, you know, started saying it's not happy hour, it's zappy hour. I think they should just say to hell with it. Start Bailey Zappi, see what happens, and if it turns into a mess, it turns into a mess. Uh, I really don't think Mac Jones is anything special at this point. I think there was a, a problem last year, as far as I'm concerned, with his arm strength. Uh, we got to see it in that super windy game against uh, Buffalo a few or last year. It, it was it was just the reality is I don't think Mac Jones has the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback. And I think Bailey Zappi has, has the team kind of playing hard for him and, and, and rallying around him. It's a weird situation in New England, but they drop one of the Bears here. And, and it's just like, what are we doing? Um, on, the, on the other end, as far as the Bears go, Justin Fields did not have a, a, a wonderful throwing stat line. His passing stat line was questionable. But 
he did have 14 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's kind of what it is. I think a lot of those quarterback runs from Justin Fields really kind of set them up to win this football game. And people are, are overlooking one guy that I think is just a stud, and that is Khalil Herbert. I don't, I don't think enough people are talking about Khalil Herbert. Uh, David Montgomery, let's not forget, is in a contract year this year. First of all, Justin Fields, we all still think he's a joke, right? Yeah, Eb, he's still all busting fields, no matter what anybody says. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact that he's, you can't, you would never be able to confuse him with some of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league. Uh, let's just get that straight right now. Uh, you know, bust, busting fields is still busting fields. I mean, if, if you're know, having 14, you know, if, if he had quarterback yards for 82, that's great. And he's setting up, he's setting up his team for success. You know, but I think that, as you said, you know, uh, it's on the defense. You know, when the defense is starting to hold people to, you know, what their what's their job? To prevent the other team from scoring. You know, and if you just go into, you know, if you score points on turnovers, that's even better. But, you know, the defense's job is to prevent the offense from scoring. And the offense didn't score. The, the only the New England Patriots only scored two touchdowns in the second quarter. There were zero points scored throughout the entire rest of the game. So I that that says something right there. I think this quarterback by committee thing is killing the Patriots here. And, and, and Bill Belichick needs to make up his old man mind and figure it out. Um, as, but it, the last thing I want to chat about on this is David Montgomery's in a contract year this year. Uh, 15 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown in this game. But Khalil Herbert technically outdid him. 12 carries for 62 yards. So David Montgomery is getting beat out by Khalil Herbert here. I like Khalil Herbert better. I really think that David Montgomery, we can just say, if I'm the Chicago Bears and I see David Montgomery's entering a contract year, he's in a contract year, and he's got to get re-signed, I'm just going to say, eh, I think I'm going to send you to free agency. And I'm starting Khalil Herbert. I think Khalil Herbert is the better runner at this point, don't you? This is the second year where Khalil Herbert's been a stud. Yep. I mean, I haven't been able to see his play personally, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to take you at your word. And at, you know, if we just if we just get a look at him, you know, his you know he's he's had decent stats. I mean, he's been around, uh, you know, been around the league. I think it I think it's a good idea to just go ahead and start him and see what and see what happens with the Bears' offense. You know, uh, it, it, as you said, David Montgomery's in a contract year, so he's probably going to be out the door if they don't re-sign him. You know, and, you know, and let's and let's also, you know, compare you know age statistics. You know, D- David Montgomery's 25, Khalil Herbert's 24. So the you know, so there's like, so they're they're kind of evenly matched there. I mean, uh, yeah. I, Age-wise, you know, Khalil Herbert might be a little younger. I think he's a year younger. But but it's it's just the reality is that Khalil Herbert, when every time he's come in in relief of David Montgomery, he's been the better running back. And mm-hmm. and now that they're they're sort of, you know, splitting carries in a way and, and they have sort of had this running back by committee approach and they're kind of gradually moving in that way of Khalil Herbert, I think everybody is sort of seeing that Khalil Herbert is the better runner. Um, and every time he comes in relief, you know, of, of David Montgomery, if David Montgomery gets hurt, that's another thing. Khalil Herbert hasn't been hurt. David yep. Montgomery is seemingly hurt every single year. Um, I, I think Khalil Herbert is more durable. I think he's a better runner. I, I think he he uh, uh, understands this Bears offense better than Montgomery. And frankly, in the next couple for the next couple of years, he's going to be way cheaper. You know, you're yep. going to be paying him far less money than you're paying David Montgomery. 
uh, as a, a middle round draft pick. So I, I just, I'm saying right now, I, I think David Montgomery is going to be seeing his way out. This is going to be the Khalil Herbert show moving forward. I like him a lot. <clears throat> and those are your scores around the, uh, the NFL for week seven. Now, Alex, we have our rankings here. Um, we've got our, our uh, top 10, our forgetful five. Um, going to be a hell of a time here. So let's jump right into our top 10 rankings for uh, the week here. Number 10, let's talk about him. Roquan Smith, 12 tackles, one interception, and a sack on the day. Uh, you know, that he's part of that win for the Chicago Bears that we were just talking about. Obviously, Roquan Smith is a huge part of that. Uh, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. He wanted to be traded. The Bears aren't going to trade him. Uh, but I do think Roquan Smith is going to be beating his way out of Chicago here. He's going to be, he's going to fight that kicking and screaming. I don't want to be in Chicago. I want out. I think he hits free agency. Is Roquan Smith one of the best linebackers in football to you? I think he's top five. Absolutely. You know, uh, he, he's been with the bears for many, many years. You know, he, he's a name that, you know, inspires, uh, you know, fear in his opponents. So, uh, you know, absolutely. You know, he's, he is a stud, and if he's if 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 this is his contract, if he's if he's gonna get out of Chicago, then you know I I think you know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, I I think he he's gonna fight his way out of there. I wouldn't want to be there if I were him. Uh, next up for number nine, we've got Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell, the linebacker from the Green Bay Packers, twelve tackles and a pick for a pick six. You know the fact that he got the touchdown in that situation is honestly the the whole reason why we're we're talking about Devondre Campbell uh, a little bit because and, and having him a little higher than Raquan Smith here. Campbell's been having himself a hell of a year, a sort of a a resurgence for him. Um and and you know it really it, in 2020 he had himself a horrible year, but the last two years, 2021-2022 he's been really something special. Um and and this year, man, uh, as a coverage linebacker, woo, buddy, I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, and a stud. I like Devondre Campbell a lot. I hate the fact that he plays for the the, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I thought he was a hell of a signing when they did pick him up. <clears throat> and here we are. I mean, 12 tackles and a, and a pick six in this game. Uh, do you think the Packers have one of the better linebacking crews in this league in spite of the fact that um, uh, their their defensive grades may not completely show it? Yeah, I think it's uh, something that uh, Aaron Rodgers can definitely uh, hang his hat on, or he should hang his hat on if he's not, you know, he's, if he's not too busy grumbling about not having receivers he can trust. But you know, um, but with with the grades that he has and the performance that he had this week, you know, I think I think uh, the Packers need to you know have that in mind, uh, especially for the especially for the long haul, uh, you know, because I, I would. They may need to convert into a run first type of offense, you know, to, you know, switch into a run first offense. And that way you can let your this really solid defense with Devondre Campbell on the field handle their business. And you, you might have to to dip into that shell a little bit and start playing ball control football. Right. Yep. I, I think that'd be a good start. I mean, although you do have the Buffalo Bills today on so, Sunday night football. So, but, um that might be what they got to do. They got to get the football and, and take the short gains and get themselves uh, uh, first downs. They're going to have to keep that ball out of Josh Allen's hands if, if they're going to win that football game. I really believe that. In spite of the fact that the Bills' defense is that good, if you can just continue getting first downs, that's the big thing. Long drives is what you need. Yep. yep. 
Uh, next up, we got Travis Etienne at number eight. 14 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. He had an 8.1 average on the day. Travis Etienne is a solid player. Um, you know, he had the Liz Frank injury last year. A lot of people were wondering when he was going to break out. Obviously, J James Robinson has been the guy over there. We'll talk about James Robinson shortly. But um, Travis Etienne, he takes over as the number one running back. He was a, a number one overall. Well, he's a first over, first round overall draft pick for them. Uh, and, and, you know, I didn't like the pickup of Travis Etienne when they got him. I thought it was kind of a silly draft pick. Um, especially because they did have a solid running back like like James Robinson. Now, obviously, Robinson is no longer there. Again, we'll talk about that shortly. But Travis Etienne taking over as a starting role. Do you think that uh, that average that that average sustains itself? Eight point one yards on the per carry. Well, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, let's just take a quick look at Jacksonville's schedule uh, because I mean that's a, that's a very impressive average. I mean, they're probably going to maintain that against the Broncos. I mean, well, even though that their their defense is pretty is stout, uh, you know, they have the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Lions. You know, it's it's kind of it's, I think it's going to be kind of hit or miss. You know, uh, I mean, it's a it's a good it's good to have that average, but at the same time, you know, in this league, you know, different defenses, you know, have different answers for you. So it's it's going to be a challenge. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm gonna be optimistic about it, but uh, let's just see uh, what the future holds for this kid. Yeah, I think he's he's got himself a, a tough couple of matchups with the Broncos and the Raiders. Both their run defenses have been very stingy this year, so we're gonna find out if if Travis Etienne is the real deal uh, moving forward. Number seven goes to a guy we talked about a little bit earlier, Juju Smith-Schuster. Seven receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he was brought into Kansas City to be the number one receiver. Finally looked like the number one receiver. Very good San Francisco defense. Do you think that Tra or, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, you think he's going to be the real deal moving forward? I mean, are, are, I don't I don't think he's Tyreek Hill by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. But do you think he he's finally showed, hey, Juju is still here. I'm still ready to rock and roll. Yep, definitely he's still here. Definitely he's ready. To, he's still ready to rock and roll. Um, and you know, obviously it's 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 Patrick Mahomes. You know, when you have that as your when you have him as your quarterback, you know, you can make magic with anything. You know, uh, and and he he was a high caliber player in uh, Pittsburgh. You know, and now that he's here in Kansas City, you know, um, you know, Patty Mahomes needs all the weapons he can get. I mean, you can only throw it at Travis Kelsey so many times. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, given that, th with that though, you know, they have a couple of easy games against the Titans and the Jaguars, in my opinion. You know, a a, a rematch against the, against the Chargers uh, on November twentieth, and then they have the the Los Angeles Rams on Thanksgiving. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, going forward. I, I have optimi I'm optimistic that Juju will continue to see these numbers as the weeks progress. Yeah, I, I think so too. I really, you know, the, the only thing for Juju to me is health. Um, that's been an ongoing thing for the last several seasons. I want to see if Juju Smith-Schuster can start staying healthy uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He had that uh, hard time doing that when he was with Pittsburgh. Um, now he's going to, you know, we got to make sure he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy with the Chiefs, we might see a, a really solid number one for, for a few years to come here. Uh, number six goes to Tyler Boyd. Uh, eight receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Um, had himself a hell of a game. Tyler Boyd's good for games like this uh, throughout the season. This is what is one of those times, you know, he's very much kind of like a Tyler Lockett type of guy where he'll have a few big games every now and then. 
this one was kind of supplanted by the fact that Joe Burrow went full God mode in this game. Mm. But, uh, Tyler Boyd looked damn good and and uh, really reminded everybody that he is one of the best number three receivers in all of football. I truly believe that. Um, and with this eight receptions, 155 and a touchdown, he's faster than hell. And a lot, of, not a lot of people realize that. And not a lot of people realize just how big he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger receiver. Um, so Tyler Boyd gets it done at number six. But along with him, next to him is number five, and that's Jamar Chase with eight receptions, 130 yards. But what put Jamar Chase above Tyler Boyd? Two touchdowns on the day. So Jamar <laughs> Chase finds up at number five. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, that's the best one, two, three punch. That is the best three deep group in all of football right now. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Uh, I think, you know, even with Jamar Chase having that hip injury, you know, you're not going to press the panic button as a Cincinnati Bengals fan because, you know, and I think it's very important that, you know, Joe Burrow had that resurgence against the Falcons, even if it is the Falcons. You know, the fact that Joe Cool's starting to step back out onto the field, especially if he can keep that going, got that momentum, that poise, what everybody knew him for last year and having this wide receiver core, you know, T Higgins and, and uh, Tyler Boyd are about to start eating, you know, now that Jamar chase needs to heal up. And if Jamar chase can heal up before the playoffs, watch out that we could be seeing another super bowl run in, in the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I think the the Bengals are, are frighteningly good on the offensive side of the football. Joe Mixon hasn't been the same guy that he was last year, but he's still having a decent year. But Chase, Boyd, and Higgins, I think, are all fantastic. And I think Higgins and Boyd, I think they're more than capable of holding down the fort while Jamar Chase is, is uh, laid up for a few weeks. So I think that's going to be just fine. And you might, I, I want to see, I'm interested to see, after seeing this stat line, I'm interested to, see, interested to see whether or not Higgins or Boyd winds up as the faux number one there mm-hmm. um, Well, well, uh, Chase is out. Uh, number four goes to Patrick Mahomes. We talked about this stat line earlier, 25 for 34, 423, three touchdowns. He did have a pick on the day. Um, you know, Mahomes would be higher on this list if it wasn't for that interception. And that should probably go to show you just how great the performances were this week. Mm. Uh, Mahomes getting on this list. He's no stranger to this list. I feel like we talk about him every week. Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. And uh, man, he is uh, just on fire right now. Had himself a hell of a game. And obviously his number one receiver was on this list too. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, are, are we ready for another Chiefs playoff run? I mean, that's oh, what we're looking at, right? Absolutely. I mean, you'd be an idiot to think that the Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs. I mean, they have the best quarterback in the modern era, you know, and we're we're going to see a rematch in the playoffs between the, the Chiefs and the Bills. And, uh, and the only reason Josh Allen didn't make the list this week is because the Buffalo Bills run by. So, uh, so I, I, think, I think that that all roads for the Buffalo Bills run through Kansas City and vice versa. I think though two of them are are on a collision course, um, and it, and when we see it, if we do get to see that, I I really think in the AFC title game you're going to see that. I and and it's all the excitement because I want to see if Josh Allen can exercise the demon of Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes is not going away anytime soon. He, like you said, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the game. He is one of the, he is the best quarterback of the modern era, as you put it. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is just a special player, and I think he's going to be a special player for years and years and years. Uh, he's he's kind of on that next Tom Brady type of level, um, mm. and and we're going to be talking about Mahomes quite a bit. So 
Uh, he winds up as number four. Number three is one I'm excited about because yeah. uh, he was on my fantasy team and whoop, did he put up a, a show here. Kenneth Walker, 23 carries, 167, two touchdowns. He had himself a hell of a game. Um, kind of the coming out party. Had himself a really good game last week, but nothing compared to this game. These are the games we want from Kenneth Walker. This is what I expected from Kenneth Walker. If you remember, I said I believe Kenneth Walker will wind up taking over as the starting running back. That was one of my bold predictions. And uh, he did. Kenneth Walker takes over as the um, as the starting running back from Rashad Penny. Granted, it was because of injury. But I don't think Kenneth Walker's given that, that starting role back after what we've seen. I thought he was just a stud. I've said that I thought he was the best running back to come out of that, that draft class. Um, whether or not him or Brees Hall is, I mean, has yet to be seen. I mean, Brees Hall, obviously, we won't see it this year because he's hurt, but uh, Brees Hall was having himself a hell of a time. Both those guys were were awesome this year, but Kenneth Walker's still rolling right along here. Uh, is Kenneth Walker the, the best rookie out of this class, do you think, or do you think it's still Brees Hall? Uh, it, it, it remains. I think if, if it weren't for the injury, we'd be able to find out later. Um, so I think by default, uh, Kenny Kenneth Walker uh, has the potential to steal the the, the, the limelight. But I do want to see you know a potential matchup you know throughout the season between Brees Hall and Kenny Walker, especially when Brees Hall gets better. You know I I want to see if that if I, I hope that that wasn't a flash in the pan for Brees Hall. Kenneth Walker obviously you know uh, you know you know Rashad Penny going down on injury is uh, you know we don't like. We don't like it when players go down on injury, but again, it's the best thing that could have happened to Kenny Walker has the opportunity. And I think he seized it. Yeah, I think he seized it. And I think he's taken over that starting role. Uh, number two, Josh Jacobs, 20 carries, 143, three touchdowns. That third touchdown kind of put him above Kenny Walker this week. Josh Jacobs has had three straight outstanding performances. He shows up, pops up at number two on this list. Uh, and and I think the Raiders are probably kicking themselves for not renewing his deal and uh, and foregoing his fifth year option. Uh, Josh Jacobs, great great player, and and I thought he was a great player. He he had some injury issues last year, actually the last couple of years, um, but I think he's a stud running back. And when he's healthy, he's dangerous. Um, now he's playing pissed off. He wants his money, and he's going to get his money. He's going to play his little heart out. Somebody's going to sign him to a deal. The big thing about Josh Jacobs, like I just said, health we got to make sure, and, and we always talk about, you know, if you're going to be a stud in this league, it's availability. It's availability and reliability. Those are the things we're looking for. Those are the things we talk about most often. Josh Jacobs needs to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a stud. So, uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs winds up as number two on the list, but number one. Mm-hmm. Goes to Joe Burrow here. Uh, he went full God mode in this game, 34 for 42, 481 yards three touchdowns in this game. Uh, Joe Burrow, man, having himself just a fucking game. Uh, Joe Cool, like you said, kind of seems like he's back here. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals has hit their stride after a really tough start. Burrow looks damn good. He's accurate. Uh, in spite of the fact that that uh, Jamar Chase is, is dealing with that hip injury, you know, I think Joe Burrow is going to continue that trend moving forward. And I think T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to be more than and capable of keeping Joe Burrow uh, relevant and helping him stay relevant. And uh, we're going to find out if Joe Burrow can do this same thing without Jamar Chase. But I do think he's fully capable. Yep, you? And, yep, absolutely. And don't forget, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals also have a very, very powerful running back in Joe Mixon. 
So you know they so they have the the personnel to really to really take this team uh, to, to the forefront. Uh, but it, it's it was really refreshing to see Joe Burrow kind of go back to Joe, Joe Burrow form. It was a little bit sketchy at the start of the season, but uh, to see this stat line and to see that performance, uh, you know, against the, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, going going forward, uh, you know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they have uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, on Monday Night Football, uh, you know, uh, October thirty first. And then they, of course they have the, the 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 Panthers they're on by, and then they have the the Steelers and the and the Tennessee Titans. I think that they're you know they're they're poised for a deep run uh, for a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, they're probably going to hit uh, at, at worst a number three seed. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where they're headed. I don't know that we're going to see the the Bengals in a uh, Super Bowl situation. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's ever going to happen again or or if in the near future because we do have the bills that are, are obviously the favorites and we do have the, uh, the chiefs that are obviously the favorites, uh, Tyler, you know, he's said on this show before that he, he believes that, that the Cincinnati, uh, run to the Super Bowl this last year was something of a fluke. Um, and, and any other time they would have lost those games. And, you know, I sort of agree with him there, but at the end of the day, uh, the Bengals returning to form, they look damn good in this situation. Um, moving on to the forgetful five, the part where we like to crap on guys. Uh, let's talk about number five here where Andy Dalton, 30 for 47, 361 yards. He had four touchdowns that those numbers sound good, but then the three picks that sunk his team, um, he had four touchdowns in this game. I, I mean, we look, it's not a horrible stat line, but the three picks really have to land you on the list here. The fact that you basically sunk your team in the first half. Uh, let, yeah, that's that's a no-brainer. Uh, number mm-hmm. four, this one is going to bother Tyler, and I know it is. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, he goes 9 for 16 for 120 yards. Uh, I know what Tyler's going to say. But he had 59 yards on 10 rushes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't really care. It was a <laughs> shitty stat line. Let's yeah. be real. Um, and, and, and the game itself, you know, wasn't, you know, granted, you know, you, you, could you accredit that to Cleveland's defense? Could you accredit it to Baltimore's struggling offense? You know, you know, Baltimore's defense in and of itself is not that good. And either, uh, I, I would say that this is just one of those things. If, if anything is going to make Tyler feel better, <laughs> it's the fact that it's an AFC North game and it's and any time an AFC North game happens, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for either team. But yeah, stat line wise, this definitely was not uh, MVP caliber. No, not at all. Uh, number three goes to Leonard Fournette, eight carries for 19 yards. He only had a two four average in this game. Look, I like uh, I like Leonard Fournette. I think he's a really good player, but eight carries for 19 yards. Um, I think the Bucks are somewhat abandoning the run here, and they're not giving Leonard Fournette the opportunities that he should be getting. And uh, eight carries kind of shows that. But he didn't really make the most of those carries either against a very suspect Carolina defense. I don't know where the Carolina defense suddenly just emerged, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would think that, that that's more accredited to the Carolina offense and the fact that CMC got traded and the, and the running and the backup running back said, okay, let's eat. And yep. they ate, you know, um, and, surprising, but and, 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 and Leonard Fournette, you know, this week on Thursday night football, didn't have a stellar stat line either nine carries for 24 yards and a touchdown, but that's yep. it. So, you know, they they're continuing to abandon the run. Yeah, so the fact, the fact that you're not giving Leonard Fournette 20 carries a game is a problem. It's, uh-huh. it's, that that shouldn't it shouldn't happen like that. 
you know, yeah. so uh, that's that's that. And next up, number two, Mac Jones, three for six for 13 yards and a, and a pick. He got benched for for Bailey Zappi in this game. Mm-hmm. That uh, That's Mac probably why he's so high on the list. Yeah, I, I think Mac Jones uh, is not really anything special of a, of a player. I think he, he was getting booed out of the building. I don't think the Patriots faithful are behind him the way that they were last year. And here we are. Um, we're I, I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. I think he's he's just kind of eh, at this point. I, I, th- I think I think we just stumbled on you know uh, the you know their future quarterback. He was never supposed to start, and then Mac Jones got hurt, and then look where we are. Right, and then number one, Kenny Pickett, uh, thirty-two for forty-four, two fifty-seven, one touchdown, three interceptions. I like Kenny Pickett, but this was a bad performance, mm-hmm. um, and he got thrown to the wolves this year. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett's going to improve, but number one, Kenny Pickett is our uh, top uh, shitty performance of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we've got our rookie rankings. Um, we're going to, I, I want to talk about some of these guys. Uh, first of all, outside looking in, uh, we've got some, some interesting names on the outside looking in. We saw a lot of guys drop heavily and mm-hmm. we saw a lot of guys jump right off of this list. Um, outside looking in right now, though, we'll talk about Jaquan Brisker. He's the safety out of Chicago. You got Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle out of Chicago. Uh, Jamari Sawyer, the offensive tackle for the L.A. Chargers, playing in um, in reserve for uh, Rashawn Slater. Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker from Detroit, who's played better than Aiden Hutchinson this year. Tariq Woolen, who was actually on the top 10 rookies last last week, um, falls off, but, I mean, barely. So, I mean, he he's just right behind our number 10 guy, who is... Martin Emerson, the corner out of Cleveland. Um, Martin Emerson's been the best corner uh, for the Browns this year in spite of Denzel Ward being on the team. Denzel Ward is going to be out this week, so we're going to see what Martin Emerson can do. But Mm -hmm. 73.4 PFF grade, he's at a 72.4 pass rush grade, a 75.8 coverage grade. Um, The run defense hasn't been anything special, 51.4, which is kind of having him a little bit lower on the top 10, but he has performed admirably this year. Um, in spite of, and better than Denzel Ward. And, we're, you know, he's going to have to be even more solid this upcoming week. One thing that works in his favor is that Greedy Williams is back out on the field for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Emerson at, at number 10. I like him a lot. I, I think he's a, a, a really solid rookie corner. And, and I think they probably in Cleveland, as far as corners go, they've got a great one, two, three punch there with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Martin Emerson. I think they've kind of made their way into a, a situation where they're going to start having a better secondary than than we recall. Yeah, and, and that's going to be refreshing for Cleveland Browns fans because uh, when when you keep in mind that your team uh, is sitting at two and five. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, granted, you probably have one of the tougher schedules in the in the National Football League. I mean, you have Joe Cool and the Bengals, and it's an AFC North game, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a, a fist fight. You know, um, you got you got the Bills on the twentieth, and you, you then you got the Bengals and Ravens back to back, and the Steelers to end the year. So having these three in in your secondary. You know, I think is going to, you know, provide an edge, you know, going to, you know, prevent some passing going on. But then again, you know, the question then becomes, how's your rush defense? Right. And and he's not adding much to that, obviously. So that's why Martin Emerson's sort of lower on the list, but he's still a top 10 corner. I, I really do like him a lot. 
Uh, number nine goes to Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from the New York Jets. You know, Wilson was very, very high on this list. At one point, he was number one, but he has dropped significantly in the last couple of weeks um, due to some really, honestly, poor performances. Um, you know, like the PFF grades don't tell the story here as far as the receivers go. Uh, you see the same thing out of our number eight guy, Drake London. I mean, Garrett Wilson has a 73 PFF grade, 74.5 receiving grade. That's all well and good. But if you look at his his numbers from the last few weeks, he had one reception for eight yards two weeks ago. This last week, he has four receptions for 24 yards against Denver. <clears throat> Garrett Wilson, eh. and then also Drake London, who was also number one on our list for a while, for several weeks. He's dropped down to number eight. Uh, he had a, he has an 81.3 PFF grade, 83.5 receiving grade. But in the last several weeks, he hasn't performed well. And this last week, one reception for nine yards against Cincinnati. Both these guys are dropping significantly. Uh, I I like them as receivers. I think they could be something special, but I don't think they're being utilized to their full potential, either one of them. I think Arthur Smith over there and Robert Saleh and, mm-hmm. and are just clueless about what they have there. These are two very, very capable receivers, and, and they're really not giving them the proper opportunities. Um, so nine goes to Garrett Wilson. Eight goes to Drake London. Number seven, however. Goes to a guy that I know Tyler's just soaking his jockeys over. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton, the safety uh, for Baltimore. Uh, Seventy. This guy is like the the definition of consistency. I mean, th- across the board, 77.5 PFF grade, 69.4 run defense grade, 74.8 pass rush grade, 75.9 coverage grade. I mean, the guy is one of the top safeties in the league, whether anyone wants to admit it. Big boy, heavy hitter. Mm likes to just hammer people Mm -hmm. Uh, and and i like kyle hamilton a lot i'm still pissed off that the vikings didn't get him Uh, it looks like he got a little banged up on on thursday night football this last week but he was mad he was fine he actually wound up getting off the field just fine and and he was back in the game a little while later is this guy one of the best safeties in football i think he is i think he's a top he's a stud he's a top guy Absolutely. You know, I think he's very, uh, re- a good reason why this Ravens defense can, is still something to behold. I mean, it's not like Ravens defenses have passed uh, when you had Terrell Suggs in and you had uh, Ray, Ray Lewis. But I mean, having Kyle Hamilton in, in the backfield there is definitely helping your cause. You know, uh, it, it's, I think it's keep, it's, he's part of the reason why the Ravens are keeping, keeping up with everybody. Um, and and it's, it's part of the reason why they're leading the division right now. So, yeah. you know, if Lamar can, you know, find his, his stride, which I think he will, you know, he just had an off week, you know, um, you know, and you know, they keep the defense up, you know, you could see them taking the division. You could see them sneaking into the playoffs either as a, you know, a, a division seed or perhaps a five or six seed. Sure. I think, I, I don't think Kyle Hamilton is the second coming of Ed Reed or anything like that, but he does remind me a lot of Harrison Smith. And, and that is something that, that is uh, very special. Uh, number six goes to Damian Pierce, the running back out of Houston. This guy, mm-hmm. so he took over the, the starting running back role in week four and since then has become a monster. Uh, 81.7 PFF grade. He's got an 84.6 rushing grade. Last week, he had 20 carries for 92 yards against the Raider, Raiders' very stingy run defense. Uh, he broke a three-game touchdown streak that he had. Guy's got 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, he's probably one of the lone shiny spots on the, this Houston team that we've been talking about um, a little bit. And and I really like Damian Pierce in a three week span. He turned into running back number 14, uh, which I thought, yeah, yeah. which is kind of interesting to see um, having himself a hell of a time over there. And 
some of his direct competition is also at the running back position. A guy we just got done talking about, Kenny Walker at number five. Yep. Um, Walker at number five, he's got a lower PFF grade, 77.5, uh, but he's got an 86.2 rushing grade. Last week, yeah. he had 23 carries for 167 yards, two touchdowns versus the Chargers. He's averaging a whopping 6.1 yards per carry um, for Kenny Walker. So Kenny Walker and Damian Pierce. I mean, Damian Pierce has sort of been overlooked. I mean, obviously, Kenny Walker's getting all the spotlight right now because he has been a stud as far as the rookie class go. But Damian Pierce has been ridiculously overlooked, I think, by a lot of people for how good he's been. People are not giving that man enough credit. Do you think it's just a matter of the fact that he's just playing for the Houston Texans at this point? I would say that's part of it, and also because we're just seeing him start to have these numbers. I, I think if he if he remains consistent, and then and then the Houston Texans go out in the draft and get and get their next few players, uh, you know, and beef and beef up their stock a little bit, get a new quarterback, you know, and you might be able to see Damian Pierce set the run up, and all of a sudden you'd be like, oh wow, the, the, you know, the Texans are starting to dig themselves out. They're starting to dig themselves out of this hole right now with with the with 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 the you know, the, the, the talent of, you know, taking, you know, chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad, you know, you know, so I, it's really starting, it's really starting to manifest itself. And Damian Pierce is a prime reason for that. Oh, no doubt. Uh, number four goes to a guy that Tyler and I have both been just soaking our jockeys over mm-hmm. Jack Jones, the corner out of new England, 90.6 PFF grade. He's got a 91.6 coverage grade. He's only allowed an average of a 37.6 passer rating this season. Great corner. We talked about it last week. I feel like the Patriots kind of, you know, hit the corner lottery, don't you? Yep. Well, you would take a look at a stat line like that, of course. I mean, you know, you got you got to, you know, look past the Bears game, you know, when, when the Bears dropped 33 points on him. But, you know, it all depends on who was being targeted in that game. What you else? know, was, was Jack Jones being, you know, was Jack Jones covering the receiver in question? You know, I think, you know, the coverage grades speak for themselves. So, you know, the bears were obviously able to get better targets and, you know, you have clear Herbert and David Montgomery and Boston fields running himself, but, you know, don't let that game fool you. I think Jack Jones, you know, is one of the, one of the best quarter, you know, the best rookie corners in this league, you know, and very deserving of his number four spot. Well, yeah, and Jack Jones, let's not forget, like, I mean, as far as his coverage grade goes, I mean, Justin Fields did not have a good game. He did not have a stat line in this situation. So Jack Jones, for him to come out and and be able to to perform as well as he has these last several weeks, um, he kind of was eased in by the Patriots, and he's still, in a way, sort of being eased in. Um, His his workload has increased. Man, that guy's been a monster. He talked shit to Amari Cooper. I mean (laughs) – the guy is just outstanding. I think Bill Belichick has himself a stud corner there. And number three goes to big Jordan Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. He's coming off the bye week, but I, I mean, you know what? He still kind of sustained his position as the number three guy so far. 77.7 PFF grade, 75.5 run defense grade. We talked about him last week. Just a big boy, big run stuffer. Um, number two, though, is a guy that you and I both love. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the corner for the New York Jets. He's got an 81.2 PFF grade, 82.9 coverage grade. He's been targeted. Last week he was targeted 10 times. He allowed four catches for only 16 yards. That's only a 1.6 yard per catch situation versus Denver. He had three pass breakups. Elite corner, right? I mean, that's where we're at. 
Yep, I th- I think it's you know it's it's a bo- it's a bold prediction, but it's a safe prediction. You know, uh, okay, well, bold and safe. Sauce Gardner definitely is one of the best. You know, one of the best rookie corners in the league, and you know, perhaps one of the best corners that you know, definitely one of the best corners that New York Jets have. It's probably a prime reason why they're 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 so successful this year. Yeah, he's he's the best corner they have. Period. But I I would go as far as saying he's one of the best corners in the league. Period. I think he's mm. so good. Um, Ahmad Sauce Gardner has been flirting with the top five of this list week over week over week. We always see him on this list. And Sauce Gardner, here we are, you know, uh, number two on the list. And if he continues this trend, I don't, I, I mean, our number one guy is Chris Olave. And, and Olave has been playing extremely well with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry being down. He's got a 79.6 PFF grade and 81.5 receiving grade, seven receptions for 106 yards versus Arizona this last week. Uh, or on Thursday night football, rather. Um, it, it's just one of those situations. I, I think Ahmad Sauce Gardner is about one really solid game, and and they're they're both duking it out right now. And coming up behind them are, are these, I mean, really strong, like six and up. I think are mm-hmm. really strong opportunities to to make their way into that number one spot. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a dogfight for these guys. Uh, moving up that list to try and get to number one. I, I mean, Olave, Gardner, Davis, Jones, Walker, and Pierce, all six of them, if they continue on this pace, have a, a golden opportunity to be number one on this list uh, at the end of the year. And and the way that they've had this sort of meteoric rise, especially Chris Olave and, and Ahmad Gardner, uh, Sauce Gardner is just something special. I think those two are, are gonna, definitely going to be duking it out in the next couple of weeks to see who's going to be the number one guy. But you could see guys like Kenny Walker and Damian Pierce make their way up. But those are our rookie rankings. Now, Alex, we're going to take ourselves a quick break. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump into uh, the uh, uh, predictions. And we're going to jump into the news around the league. Um, we've got the, the trade deadline around the corner, so we do have some trade news going on. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back right here. On the outside blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to the Onside Blitz I am your host, the Cannonball Alex Steele Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> it's like it's like the it's like that little thing in Alice in Wonderland when the king gets announced. Hand the king. Hooray! <laughs> I am your co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Preton, and uh, we're back here with uh, some news around the league. Uh, Alex, man, we've got some interesting news around the league. Trade deadline is around the corner, 
So uh, we, we've got some stuff happening, some movement going on here, mm-hmm. uh, and interesting stuff. So let's talk about some of these trades first and foremost. I, I want to really just jump into those because those are huge. So let's talk about the Jets a little bit. Uh, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the elephant in the room, first of all. Jets mm-hmm. running back Brees Hall, he's out for the season. Tears his ACL. It was a brutal, brutal loss for them. Um, additionally on that offensive line, a guy that has been very, very important to their running game, offensive guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, he's out for the rest of the season with a torn triceps. So he'll be out for the, for the year. Um, so they lose two key cogs. So the, they, the jets, they go out of their way and they go and, and trade a sixth rounder that could become a fifth rounder, uh, to the Jags for James for running back, James Robinson. Uh, and they go and get James Robinson. It turns into a fifth rounder if uh, Robinson hits 260 or more yards on the season uh, for the rest of the season here. I love this trade. Yeah. Love it. And I it's, think it, James Robinson's stock skyrockets here, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a headline here on ESPN that says, quite simply, Jets locker room receives message after James Robinson trade. Time to win. I yeah. totally agree with that. And they're sitting really pretty at five and two and they already have sauce and they already have Garrett Wilson. They already have, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, isn't, isn't the quarterback of the future, obviously, but the, you know, they have the tools they need to really make a deep run in this season and to possibly show up in the playoffs. Will they get, will they have a deep run in the playoffs? Possibly not, but with James Robinson hopping on and, and adding his his talents to the mix, I think this is going to be a really tasty soup. Yeah, I think James James Robinson is one of those guys that have been, has been constantly overlooked in this league, particularly by the Jags. I, I think he's very, very overlooked. He's a stud running back that people, you know, years ago, and I, I keep making this comparison when it comes to James Robinson, James Robinson, Tyler and I, Alfred Morris is, is like James Robinson is this day and age's, Alfred Morris. Uh, I, I do believe that James Robinson is a number one running back. I believe that James Robinson can be, you know, and he's been, a th- I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a thousand yard rusher before. I think he's a stud. I think he's rock solid. And uh, you know what? I, the fact that the, the Jets made this move was brilliant. It was a mm-hmm. brilliant move for a running back that hasn't been used properly in Jacksonville. And, and now he's going to come up. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to wind up having himself a hell of a rest of the year. I'm totally on board with James Robinson. His stock just skyrocketed uh, with this one move. So the Jets go out and snag a stud running back. And also speaking of the Jaguars, now that we're, we've talked a little bit about them, Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson is set to return from his hamstring injury against the Jaguars in London. So you will see Russ sort of, I guess, cooking, you know, <laughs> Uh, jello molds here uh you know that's that's what we're gonna see as far as russ wilson goes but he will be playing against the jags if if you're the jaguars are you concerned about russ wilson and his gross cooking i would not possibly about his gross cooking you know the old catering is probably not going to be uh fun but i would be uh i would be wary about that defense you know and i do you know um we'll, we'll get into predictions in a minute here but I'm actually, you know, I would be more concerned with the Broncos defense. You know, it, it's, they've been consistent. They've held, they've held teams down. It's kind of, it's kind of the reason why uh, they're sitting in the position that they're sitting 
Now, granted, uh, you know, there's they're they're rolling the toilet bowl in the AFC West. Uh, and, you know, I don't see them making a resurgence, you know, to I don't see them going to the playoffs, obviously, because they have the Chargers and the Chiefs in front of them. Sure. But, uh, you know, don't count them out in today's game um, with Trevor Lawrence and uh, and and the fact that they you know, just traded off their top running back or their 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 better running back, James Robinson. You know, I would probably see. Uh, it's going to be a close game. I hope it's just not a snooze fest again. But yeah. uh, I, I, I think the Broncos' defense is the is the top thing to be concerned about. Yeah, that's that is the big thing. Uh, and and speaking of of uh, you said they got the Chargers in the future. The Chargers have their own set of problems, as do the Chiefs. First of all, the Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark, uh, he's suspended for two games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. That stems from two separate incidents back in 2021. He was charged with a misdemeanor possession of an assault charge twice. Um, I don't know what in the hell you need a gun for, you know, know. especially an assault weapon. But, um, you know, the Chiefs, they they wind up uh, losing a stud player there, uh, even though Frank Clark does like to line up offsides all the time. He is suspended, um, you know, uh, for two games. I think that's a a loss for the Chiefs, but I don't think it's anything they're really going to miss too bad. I think the Chiefs keep winning here, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason to press the panic button in Kansas City. You know, you have Juju, you have Travis Kelsey, and of course you have the best quarterback in the modern era. You have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you get the Chiefs defense, you know, is is has given up a lot of points. I mean, but at the same time, the offense is so powerful that it, it up, that it offends itself. So there's no concern here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, when it comes to the Chargers, um, Chargers corner J.C. Jackson, he's set to miss the rest of the 2022 season with a ruptured patellar tendon. Oof. So he'll be out for the rest of the year. I think that's a huge hit for the Chargers, but J.C. Jackson hasn't played well since he came to the Chargers, which is weird because last year he led the league in interceptions. So oh, it's kind of an interesting thing. He was a good corner with, with the Patriots, but goes to the Chargers and just kind of shits the bed. So I, I don't know what in the hell is going on there. The Chargers also will be losing Mike Williams for a few weeks. Uh, he suffers a high ankle sprain versus the Seahawks. Um, so both those hit things are are big hits for the, the Chargers here. A Chargers team that is trying desperately to make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Mr. Head Coach there is on the hot seat. Uh, do we, do we uh, hit the panic button for the Chargers yet? Not quite yet. Uh, I mean, uh, granted, you know, you're, you, my hand's closer to the panic button as a Chargers fan right. because of those two players that you mentioned. Uh, you do have Justin Herbert. You do have Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, and then you know, right, you know, riding the wings is, is our old friend, I believe, Sony Michelle. If unless yeah. I'm mistaken, Keenan Allen just returned from injury as well. That's that, and that's good news for Chargers fans. So uh, you know, they have. Uh, you know, the Chargers do have uh, a bye this week, too. So, you know, they'll have some time to heal up. So I, I, I'm i not concerned quite yet, but, I mean, it's, you know, have, losing a, a high-caliber defensive player uh, like that is not – is never a good thing. Yep. And also, uh, speaking of injuries during that specific game, Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf, he also injured his patellar tendon versus the Chargers. Um, he's expected mm. to some time, but it's not going to require surgery. Mm. Metcalf having himself, he was very, very slow at the start of the season. Suddenly has become the DK Metcalf that we remember. Um, are you, as a Seahawks fan, are you concerned? Because I am. Well, um, you know, 
I would have been more concerned about the fact that, you know, DK Metcalf was like wishy-washy as a wide receiver. Um, you do have Kenneth Walker as your top running back. And if Geno Smith can keep doing Geno Smith things, uh, which is a, it's a term that kind of makes us both go, huh? You know, obviously Geno Smith is no is no Russell Wilson, and he's not an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But if you take a look at the schedule, you know they're going to have some tough sledding against the Giants today. I'm very interested in that in that matchup. You know, then they got the Cards, the Bucks, the Raiders, and the Rams. You know, I, I, you know I mention this every week, but you you just take a look at it. It's like you know what, uh, you know they have Tyler Lockett. You know they have. Kenneth Walker, you know, it's not, it's nothing to write home about. I'm not like pressing the panic button yet, but, but again, you know, the, the NFC West is, is so parody driven. It's anybody's ball game over there. Right. Um, also uh, speaking of the NFC West Rams wide receiver, Van Jefferson is set to return versus the 49ers on Sunday. That's today. Um, head coach, Sean McVay. Uh, he says he plans on having Jefferson take on a normal workload. Uh, if, is are the, are the Rams kind of breathing a sigh of relief having Van Jefferson back on the field? I think they are because obviously Allen Robinson has shown that he is not the number two over there, right? Right. I mean, you know, any any, any news is good news if you're the LA Rams because let's face it. I mean, you 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 have Pad Stafford there. You're sitting at three and three. You don't look like the Super Bowl team that you were a year ago. Uh, you know, it, it, and the Stafford Cup show is not getting is, is not getting the ratings it was last year. You know, granted, I mean, Cooper Cup is still going to get a lot of receptions. You know, he's still your best player. Uh, and then you have the Rams defense. You know, you still have Aaron Darnold. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I, I look at that three and three record. I'm like, huh, that's weird. But yeah. maybe maybe this is the opportunity that uh, Los Angeles needs to find its footing again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and they're also going to have a, a little bit of a boost for the Rams this uh, this week because 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has been ruled out versus the Rams due to a hamstring injury. That'll help. This is concerning because Debo Samuel has, you know, one of the big things about Debo that I, I pointed out leading into when he got drafted and he's been a stud and the way that the Niners have been using him has been concerning because they're using him in that kind of running back role and it's strange. Um, but Debo Samuel's big thing was injuries. We've always been talking about Debo's injuries. And and with the Niners running him out of the backfield as much as they do, it was only a matter of time before an injury took place. Um, Debo Samuel should be a receiver. They should be using him as a receiver. Uh, fuck all these gadget plays. I want to see receiver Debo Samuel because, to me, that's when he's most effective, not in this running out of the backfield nonsense and now paying for it because now Debo is out. Brandon Ayuk is going to wind up uh, uh, being their number one receiver over there today. So yeah. questions of the day now, what are the Niners going to do? Are they going to be able to top the Rams? Are they going to be able to get Christian McCaffrey going? A lot they're, of they're going to, they're going to have to, yep. you know, they don't have any options at running back. You know, they have Tevin Coleman and Terry and Davis price, you know, and then they have Jeff Wilson jr. Their number one running back and Elijah Mitchell's hurt. So they, that's part of the reason why they, they flushed their draft capital down the toilet to get one of the premier running backs in this league. You know, they're looking to go, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Niners. And yeah. just like you said, you know, get Debo out of running back and, and put him in as a wide receiver. That's where he's most effective. That's where you're going to see most of his production. And when you have run CMC in the equation, it, yeah. on paper, it looks, it looks good. Yeah. Um, and and you're talking about uh, 
Christian McCaffrey here. Well, his team that uh, that he had just came from, the Panthers, running back Chuba Hubbard, is out versus the Falcons with an ankle injury. Dante Foreman set to take on a full workload this week. Oh, and he's going to be eaten. You're you're very excited about that for your fantasy squad. I think Foreman's the better running back of the two anyway. I think he has himself a big, big game this week. I'm excited for that. And then also, Dante Foreman's former team has some interesting things going on. Titans quarterback Malik Willis is set to start on Sunday versus the Texans as Ryan Tannehill is out with an ankle injury and an illness. Mm. Uh, So we have some injury issues over there with Ryan Tannehill. So we're going to get our first full game look at Malik Willis as a starting quarterback in a regular season game. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I think it's a it's a very unique opportunity, and who better against who better than against a dumpster fire like the Houston Texans? Yeah, you know, so I think it's a good test game. I really think it's an opportunity to see, you know, if, if Malik Willis can really, you know, hang with the big boys in the league. I I, I think you know it's if if this was like a, a game against like the Kansas City Chiefs or a game against the Buffalo Bills, I'd be sweating bullets right now, but. You know, I think this is a perfect game to give to give us an opportunity to see what Malik Willis can bring to the table. Now, granted, he doesn't have weapons to throw to. I mean, he's probably going to be handing the ball off to Derrick Henry most of the game, which you probably should because that's that that's where that offense runs through. I think a guy that's going to be handing the ball off a lot as well and and elsewhere around that division uh, is Sam Ellinger. He's set to start for the remainder of the 2022 season, barring an injury. Frank Reich has announced that, and also Colts quarterback Matt Ryan. He's out with a shoulder injury, but he's also just getting benched in general. Um, I think benching Matt Ryan is sort of a waste, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you. I think that's just a silly move. Um, but here's what I believe about this. I think Frank Reich, there, there's one of two things going on here, and it's it's either one. <clears throat> either Frank Reich is pushing his his chips to the center of the table and he's saying, all right, this is it. I'm all in. If it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but fuck it. And, and he's going to roll with it and he's going to try and keep his job. Or the Colts brass came to Frank Reich and said, okay, look, we gave you two years of questionable quarterbacks and Matt Ryan, a washed Matt Ryan and an iffy Carson Wentz. We gave you two bad years of, 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 quarterbacks two years of bad quarterbacks we haven't let you go out and draft your guy um now we're going to let you go out and draft your guy no matter what happens this year we are going to let you keep your job and frank reich said well fuck it i'm gonna start shitty sam ellinger and get a better draft pick so i mean it's one of those two things it's either a tank job on purpose because frank reich knows he's going to keep his job or B, it's Frank Reich making a desperation play. Which do you think it is, and do you think it's smart? Well, um, in summation, no. I don't think it's smart to bench bench Matt Ryan at all. I mean, if he's hurt, he's hurt. That's one thing. So Sam Ellinger gets an opportunity to see what he brings to the table. I don't know if he's what he's going to – well, I'll be very interested to read that stat line next week. Sure. But at the same time, you know, it's like – if you know you're going to keep your job, then if, if you're pursuing that angle, then yeah, why not try to get a better draft pick? Why not sit there and go, okay, let's take a look at this class coming in the next year. Uh, you know, um, I, I wish I had the, the the draft list in front of me, but you know, we were talk, we've been talking back and forth about Michigan. You know, they just they just stomped out Michigan State last night, and that makes me really happy. But uh, the the quarterback there, JJ McCarthy, we've talked about him being a mid first rounder like like going in the late teens or early 20s so you know perhaps 
do you think perhaps we would see J.J. McCarthy donning a Colts uniform? Yeah, it could be a possibility depending on where the, the Colts wind up in this draft. And, you know, the, the Colts, I believe they're two and five right now. I, I don't think they're anything to write home about. But, um, yeah, well, they're three, three and one. So, I mean, it, it's it, they could wind up in that mid-tier where J, a, a guy like a J.J. McCarthy could fall. You you could see that. You you could, I mean, there you could see, uh, you know, a hooker fall there. You know, you don't mm-hmm. know who's going to wind up being in, in that position. So, uh, they have. I would def- I would definitely take Hooker over McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, I think Hooker is something special. No, I, I, in, 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 in summation, though, I, in, in defense, I think Hooker's going to go earlier. I think he's probably Hooker is looking to be like a, a top ten draft pick. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That I, guy's I, a stud. Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're going to find out just just you know how big how. Where J.J. McCarthy winds up, I think if McCarthy winds up in a Colts uniform, I think he could be successful over there, given the system that they run. Um, and, and, you know, the other, only other place I could see a guy like J.J. McCarthy really being super successful would be the Tennessee Titans. I think he'd be a great fit there, given the, the offense is very similar to that of a Michigan offense. So, I mean, you I, and I think he's a better – honestly, I think he's a better player than, than not an elite quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, but I digress. Um, you know that you could see that, but the Colts right now, starting Sam Ellinger, we're going to see what happens this upcoming week. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, elsewhere around the AFC in the in the uh, AFC North, we've got some things going on. First of all, we already talked about this a little bit. Jamar Chase, he suffers a fractured hip. He's expected to miss four to six weeks, but the Bengals are not placing him on injured reserve. Part of that is because they do have the bye week. So they, they have a long week and they have the bye week. So, I mean, they're going to they're gonna play on Monday Night Football. They've got a bye. Um, they're not going to place him on IR, and they're going to hope that he's going to be able to come back earlier than that that four weeks. I mean, the, the guy's going to get about, you know, 16 days off or so. So he's going to wind up having a, a nice stretch there where he doesn't have to do anything, where he can rest up, where he can heal up. Um, Jamar Chase not being there, obviously, is a big hit for them. But like we were talking about earlier, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, we, we got some Joe, Joe Mixon yep. and Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that those four players, you know, plus, you know, Cincinnati's defense is also pretty stingy. So there's no reason to panic. Right. Um, elsewhere around the AFC North, uh, Browns tight end David Njoku and uh, corner Denzel Ward. Uh, they're both ruled out versus the Bengals. Njoku has an ankle injury. Ward has a concussion. So we're going to see both those guys out. You're going to we're going to find out just how good uh, some of these guys are, uh, particularly the rookie Martin and Martin Emerson at the corner position. We're going to find out if uh, he is, in fact, the real deal. And also around the NFC North or I'm sorry, the AFC North, the Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. He suffers a a shoulder injury versus the Bucks on Thursday night football this week. That's Uh, a hit. Yep, he could miss some time. But I will say Isaiah likely looked damn good this last week uh, in, in relief of him. Isaiah likely had himself a game, maybe. Also, uh, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, he suffered a foot injury versus the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. He also could miss some time. The Ravens are having all types of trouble. Last year, it was uh, all types of injuries to their secondary and their running backs. Now they're having all types of injuries to their tight ends and receivers. Uh, Bateman can't seem to stay on the field. He's been hurt a lot this year. I mean, if you're the Ravens, are you starting to peek into the draft again and and dip the dip your toe in that water to get yourself another receiver? I think so. I mean, you I, you know, I can't see why not. 
I mean, you yeah, you're sitting pretty at five and three right now, but at the same time, I mean, you you've got a couple of you've got a couple of tough games uh, coming up. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, you're part of the AFC North, but you also have, you know, you've got a couple of easy games against the Panthers and the Jaguars. Uh, but really, your tough your toughest competition is in your AFC North opponents. So I think they still sneak into the playoffs. Uh, but you know, th- they could probably wind up in a position where they're late in the first round, and they they have like, oh wow, hey, this guy's still on the board. Let's go get him. You know, so I see that I can see that situation playing out in next year's draft. No doubt. Um, ne- also in that game, uh, Bucks, man, they they suffered a, a huge loss here. The Bucks linebacker Shaquille Barrett, he tears his Achilles on Thursday night football versus the Ravens. He'll miss the remainder of the season. He's their best defender. Um, so Oof. for them to lose Shaq Barrett in that situation, a great pass rusher. Are the is the Bucks season cooked at this point? I mean, I know for the last yeah. two we've talked about, oh, don't count out TB twelve. Um, but here we are, man. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if we, if we can not count out TB12 at this point. I'm starting to get concerned. Yeah, I'm definitely pressing the panic button. I mean, especially since you got you got receivers that have a case of the drop skis. You know, Brady's head is not in the game, despite you know he, he choosing football over his wife. And you know, the memes are all over the place on social media, and you, you know, he knows that they got to be out there somewhere. Uh, and the fact that your schedule is not the easiest schedule in the league either. I mean, you have, you know, the Rams, you have the 49ers, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, then you got the Panthers and the Falcons to, re- to round out the year. You know, I think it's, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think uh, the Bucks will miss the playoffs this year. And I think Tom Brady is just going to be hanging his helmet, you know, and going, you know what, F this shit. I'm just going to be, I'm I'm done after this year. Yeah, I I I think Brady is starting to realize that that there was a mistake made here um, in coming back. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I I do think that that uh, this situation for him is has been rough. He's got um, I believe he's got one year with with the uh, the Bucks here, and then he's got a lot of. avoid years at the end of this, uh, this season where he'll be making, you know, uh, uh, 10 million a year for the next, you know, four years, almost it would be 10 million for the next three years. And then he makes 2 million and 26, but you know, I, I Tom Brady is obviously going to live comfortably when he does decide to hang it up and retire and get the hell out of Dodge. But you know, we don't know. I see my thing is, is I, with this man having one year left with the box and then let's say he does skip town. Um, is there what is the over under on this man signing on with the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, this is a California kid. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. His bro growing up was Joe Montana, and I could see it. And and uh, we could have a, a situation where Tom Brady trots on the 49ers field and we see him in one more uniform. There, there yeah. are questions there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would do, I would say it's possible. And you know, Todd Bowles being a, being the dumb, dumb coach that he is. You know that it's not helping the Bucks favors any. So to, to possibly go to the San Francisco 49ers, where they've been a successful organization, I would say it's a possibility, but uh, time will tell. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm kind of uh, wanting to see what what Tom does after this year. It's going to be an interesting thing to find out his situation with Giselle and and the divorce being finalized this this week. I mean, it, it's just. It's a weird thing to be talking about when it comes to sports. You can tell it's a distraction. You can tell he's he's very 
just not all there and very much not all there. And, and we're going to have questions for, for old Tom there moving forward uh, in the future. Next up, we got the, um, the Bears. They go out and they trade defensive end Robert Quinn to the Eagles for a fourth round pick. Uh, and then the Eagles and Quinn mutually decide to cut off the final two years of Quinn's contract to make him a free agent following the 22-23 season. Now, I know the Eagles are tight on cap space. Quinn is a good player. Um, Robert Quinn, do you think he retires? I mean, he's an older player, but do you think he re- this is a retirement thing? Or do you think it, Robert Quinn is getting ready to sign elsewhere and go to another team? Uh, it's, I actually am up in the air on this. Uh, I'm, I guess this is a coin flip thing for me. Uh, the fact that he volunteered to take the two the, la- the last two years off of his deal and not get paid for it, I mean that that's like hmm, that definitely raises eyebrows. So I would you know based on that, I'm thinking you would probably just lean towards retirement. Now, uh, uh, just just real quick, who, who is who is this player again? I re- just just want to make sure Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. So if he uh, if we just go to the news. I was just trying to find out. I was trying to figure out how old he is, and that because that's a factor too. You know how? Yeah, defensive end Robert Quinn. You know, yeah, he's like thirty-two. He's thirty-two, yep. right? So you know, he's right at the end of his prime. You know, maybe he's got one, maybe two, two good years left in him. Uh, but honestly, I would think that this is a retirement move based on the fact you know based on his age. Based on the fact they cut off, his, you know, he cut out his two years. You know, I'm going to go ahead and lean towards retirement. Yeah, I, I think that might be the case. Um, one thing I will say uh, is the Eagles are are the kind of um, the kind of team right now where I think they are headed toward you know potential Super Bowl stuff here. But um, as far as the Eagles go, uh, you know, Robert Quinn, he's he's an aging type of player. Um, you are right about that. One thing I will say about Robert Quinn, he's been playing at a super high level. Um, mm-hmm. He's been really playing at a high level recently, especially for the Bears. I mean, I think he just broke the Bears. Uh, all, I, mean, I think it was the all-time sack record or something, but he, he he's a, a record-setting player for them. I like Robert Quinn a lot. I think he's a really great player. If I'm not mistaken, he played for Dallas for a little bit. He played for the Rams a little bit. Um, good player. I want to see what winds up uh, of Robert Quinn here uh, moving forward. Um, speaking of, uh, other players, uh, uh, getting traded, the Raiders trade defensive tackle, Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 draft fourth round draft pick to the Cowboys for a 2023 sixth round pick. So they want the earlier pick. Um, they give up a a solid defensive tackle. I don't understand this move. Jonathan Hankins is a good player. They give up a solid defensive tackle to the Cowboys. The Cowboys strengthen that defensive line. They get themselves a fourth-round pick, and they only have to give up a sixth-round pick for this year. Um, I don't understand the move. It seems silly to me. Maybe yeah. it's me. What, what do you make of this? Well, I mean, Dallas definitely got more out of the deal uh, in this situation. Like you said, you know, they're all, they've already got a stellar defensive line, yeah. a, a, def, a stellar defense. You know, they have Micah Parsons. They have, um, you know, the edge rusher that, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he's Demarcus Lawrence. You know, now they add this guy to the mix. So, you know, and, and the fact that they only have to give up a sixth round pick to get him uh, for this year, that's like, it, it, it's highway robbery, if you ask me. Right. I agree. I think they got away with one. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott is out versus the Bears with a knee injury. Tony Pollard is to get the start this week. Um, Zeke coming off a red hot performance. 
you know, I, I'm, it kind of sucks to see him out, but hey, you know what? Uh, I think Tony Pollard gets the start. Is this the week where Tony Pollard finally seizes the starting role and, and Zeke sees his way out of that situation? I doubt it. I mean, especially if the Cowboys make the playoffs, you know, we would, we, I would still put Zeke in a starting role. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, heal him up, sit him on the bench. Tony Pollard's definitely going to eat. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, it's def it's definitely feeding time uh, for Tony Pollard. You know, he's been a solid running back too in Dallas for years and, and, and a, and a damn good running back at that. So, you know, he has the, he has the talent and he has the potential. Uh, but as far as taking over the number one spot, no, I don't think so. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like Tony Pollard a lot. Uh, he has been sort of a, an enigmatic type of player. People are looking at Tony Pollard and a lot of folks think he should be starting. I think no matter if, if Tony Pollard stays with the Cowboys or if he hits free agency, I think Tony Pollard gets a big deal around the league if he goes to free agency, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he if he if he if he was a solid running back too for an elite team like Dallas, uh, you know, then for a lower tier team or a mid tier team, you could probably get him running, you know, RB one money and RB one snaps. Uh, you know, let's it's it it depends on what system he falls under and it depends on the coach that he get that he's playing for. But I mean, you, he could possibly fetch some pretty good money. You're going to hear me say this a lot about players that particularly running backs that I think could be, you know, number one running backs in this league. Um, and Tony Pollard's one of those guys that I really do think could be a number one running back in this league. But you're going to hear me say this a lot about those running backs. Buffalo. You're going to hear me <laughs> Buffalo. If there's any team that should be looking at running backs, particularly leading into the trade deadline, Buffalo all day long. Yep. Um, speaking of running backs heading into the trade deadline that are, are up for trade, let's talk about Kareem Hunt a little bit. Um, potential mm -hmm. landing spots do include Buffalo. I mean, it, it's – I think Kareem Hunt is a special running back. I know that he requested a trade earlier this year. The Browns denied him. Now the Browns are 2-5. and five. You've seen uh, Kareem Hunt's uh, uh, snap counts decrease big way this, this past week especially. Do you think the Browns are conserving Kareem Hunt and just giving him enough workload to kind of dangle the carrot in front of everybody? But they're also in a situation where they're like, all right, let's reduce this guy's snap count so he doesn't get hurt. Mm -hmm. And then that way we'll have something to trade. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, it does seem to lean that way. And I think the news around the league is that it depends on the result of Monday night football you know, Joe Burrow is coming to town with that with that passing attack, and Joe Mixon is a, a hell of a running back in his own right. You know, this could possibly be just you know, okay, you know, well, it's, well Cincinnati's just because Cincinnati's just going to beat the brakes off of us. Let's just get it over with, you know, and then they could say, okay, well, wow, that was a bad loss, you know, and Kareem Hunt's not doing it. Then they could just trade him off and get whatever. But I, I would want to get some pretty high draft capital for him, you know, uh, or or even a or even a, a better player from one of these other teams. I think a third round selection is very fair for Kareem Hunt in this situation. Uh, a third rounder would be a rock solid. You get a day two pick out of that. Hell yeah, I'd be all about that. Um, also, with the NFL trade rumors going on, we've got two guys, Chase Claypool and Brandon Cooks, both on the block. Teams are inquiring about them. The, the teams that are requiring for both of these guys are the Rams, Vikings, Giants, and Packers. 
I think he's a fit for all of these guys. Uh, these guys, these players are all a fit. Um, I think Chase Claypool, uh, and and so we saw Chase Claypool. He was at a Minneapolis airport this past week, so the rumors are swirling that that the Vikings are courting the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a connection there. Remember Mike Tomlin? He was the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings before going to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So there is something of a connection there. Chase Claypool, I think, would be a perfect fit for the Vikings, given the um, the uh, fact that you know those gadget plays that KOC likes to to run. Uh, he you saw him do those with Robert Woods when he was over there with the Rams, and then also Brandon Cooks uh, getting looked at by the Rams again. Uh, I think that that's a good fit there. I think Brandon Cooks would be a good fit with the Packers or the Vikings. The, the wild card, sort of the Giants, they don't really have much in terms of receivers. And frankly, I don't think that there's any sort of incentive for receivers to want to go there. Um, Danny Dimes isn't a stud of a quarterback at all. Right. Brandon Cooks, he played for the Rams. He knows the McVay system. That's one thing. Uh, he played for the Rams. He knows the KOC system, which makes him a possible pickup for the Vikings here. Um, and then playing with Aaron Rodgers is never a bad thing. Same with Claypool, situation where... He'd be, he's such a speedster and, and he's such a solid receiver in those. He, he runs those gadget plays. I think he'd be a better fit for those gadget plays than obviously Allen Robinson has been. Um, he could take on that role that Robert Woods had before. Um, you, you get uh, uh, Chase Claypool playing for the Vikings. He knows the KOC system. You can get Chase Claypool playing for the Packers. Uh, you know, th- these are, are all situations where these guys can go. Um, Claypool. Cooks, where do you got them going? Do you think they get traded? Do you think they get dealt? Well, they're, they're going to get traded and they're going to get dealt. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, especially if if they're talking about it. But let's just say, let's just play devil's advocate here. Uh, let me. I'm just okay. Well, not devil's advocate. I'm just going to gra- grab my dartboard here. Um, I would probably say that you know, if Chase Claypool was spotted in a Minneapolis airport, it could have been because his flight got diverted. Who knows? But uh, you know, like you said, there, there's that connection, there's that rapport. Maybe Chase does go to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, if if he does, then Brandon Cooks doesn't follow him. I would probably put him in either the Packers' laps or uh, who, who was the other team? It wasn't you know, the Rams, the Vikings or the Giants probably have Brandon Cooks go back to the Rams because he played in that system before. Oh. And who knows? They need they need to get a different receiver because, as we said, Allen Robinson is not the solution out there. Yep, I agree. Um, speaking of the Packers, wide receiver and, and the Packers and the Giants. First of all, we'll talk about the Packers wide receiver. Allen Lazard, he's out with a shoulder injury versus the Bills. That's got to sting for the Packers heading into a game against a very tough Bills defense, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's bad news, Bears. You know, you might as well just roll up the coffins to not, for the game right now because Josh Allen's coming to town and he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, it, I, I take that back. Green Bay's going to Buffalo. They're going to Bills Mafia, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, that makes it even worse. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm- it's a home game. So, yeah, yeah. get get ready for a thrashing. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm totally here for it because I've got that built defense ready to rock and roll in my fantasy league. And last but not least, the Giants made a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. They dealt Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs for a 2023 compensatory third-round pick 
and a 2023 sixth-round pick. I think that's a high price to pay for Kadarius Toney, to be perfectly honest with you. I know the Chiefs mm. want more weapons at the receiver position. I get it, but Kadarius mm. Toney? Yeah, Gi- yeah, Gi- yeah, Giants got away with something there. I think they got some good draft capital there. Yeah, they, uh, they, already, ha- they already have Juju, and they already have Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, you're looking for an extra wide receiver, but I don't – Eh, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, I, I think Kadarius Tony was was one of those first round picks that we laughed at when he got picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, the Giants went and drafted him, and we were like, "Huh?" Huh? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just one of those really stupid draft picks, and we were like, "Kadarius Tony? Like, who the fuck is Kadarius Tony?" <laughs> you know, like, none of us really thought much of it. Um, and you know, dealing that amount is it's a lot to deal for Kadarius Tony. So the, the Chiefs get a little fleeced in that situation. We'll see if Kadarius Tony suddenly becomes a, a monster with Patrick Mahomes because he's one of those kind of wide receiver makers. But uh, we'll find out. And that is our news around the league. Now, Alex, we have some predictions to go through. Um, we, we, we do have some, some interesting stuff going on around the league. Uh, predictions for this week. Week eight, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, here are your predictions for week eight in the NFL, starting with the Ravens and the Bucks. Um, you picked the Ravens, Andrew picked the Ravens, I picked the Ravens, Tyler picked the Ravens. We all got it right. Ding ding ding. Um, so the Ravens get a pull one over on the Bucks 27-22. Next up we got the Broncos and the Jags. Now uh, Andrew picked the Jags, Tyler picked the Jags. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Jaguars here in London. Um, the game is set to start in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to go with the Jags here. Clean sweep. Uh, Russ is not going to be cooking much today. No, I don't think so either. Jags across the board. Uh, next up, we've got the Dolphins and the Lions. Uh, you know what? I think this is just going to be a beating. I think the Lions are going to see Tua and company come into town and tear them up. I'm going with the Dolphins. Yep, Fins. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is one of those games where it's like, yeah, you got to prove yourself, but... <laughs> Tall order. Yeah, and uh, Andrew and Tyler both went with the Dolphins as well. Sweep across the board there as well. Next up, we got the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, Falcons for Andrew, Falcons for Tyler. Uh, Panthers for you, Alex. What, yeah. What's going on there? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if, they, if they struck lightning in a bottle with Tom Brady uh, last week, why not this week? Plus, Dante, Deontay Foreman is the lone running back, you know, because the other guy got hurt, so... Let's let them eat. You know, let's see where this goes. Yeah, I you're going to go with them Panthers. Look at you go. That's got to be your underdog pick of the week. Yeah, um, I'm going with the Falcons there. I, I think the Falcons are the, the you know going to tear them up. Uh, next up, we got the Cardinals and the Vikings. Um, Andrew's got the Vikings. Tyler's got the Vikings. I'm going with the Vikings. Alex, who you got? I've got the Vikings. Although it's probably going to be a really close matchup. I mean, the fact that they're in Minnesota today. Uh, and, and, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, Call of Duty did get released this past weekend. So yep. maybe, who knows? <laughs> maybe he forgot to maybe Kyler get, forgot to uh, study film this week or he studied yeah, blank tapes. Double XP weekend, baby. You know, he's yeah. uh, <laughs> feeling it. But, uh, I, you know, it's a, it's a tough matchup. I agree with you. I'm going with the Vikings here. But but the Cardinals always play the Vikings tough. They always have. This is going to be a tough game, I think, and uh, I'm hoping the Vikings can pull it out. They had a tough road against the Cardinals last year. I'd like to see the Vikings get the W here. 
Um, next up, we got the Bears and the Cowboys. Uh, Tyler's going with the Cowboys here. Andrew's going with the Cowboys. I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, Alex, who you got? How about them Cowboys? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Dak Prescott is going to rip up the Bears in spite of the inspired matchup that they had this last week uh, against the Patriots. Yeah, I think they come back. The, the Bears are going to come back down to earth with the rest of us. Uh, next up, the Raiders and the Saints. Uh, Tyler rolls with the Raiders here. Andrew rolls with the Saints. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Raiders here as well. Uh, Alex, who you got? Raiders, and uh, really because Josh Jacobs is going is to eat some more today. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is going to eat a little bit, but I also want to point out that I think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. you got Devontae Adams out there. The Raiders are giving up the fifth most uh for uh, against receivers, the fifth note, most points and uh, yardage against receivers. Uh, I think Chris Olave is going to have himself a hell of a game out there today. Uh, next up, we got the Steelers and the Eagles. It looks like Tyler is rolling with the Eagles here. It looks like Andrew's rolling with the Eagles. I'm rolling with the Eagles. Who you got? Fly, Eagles, fly. They will remain undefeated. Yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. The Steelers are going to have a rough go. It's going to be a tough matchup out there. Uh, um but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to see the Eagles just stomp them out. Uh, next up, Patriots and the Jets. Uh, you know, the Patriots coming off the tough loss to the Bears here. Uh, Andrew and Tyler both going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets as well. I'm going Patriots because, you know, Bailey Zappi might, uh, you know, light things up again. Uh, the fact that Brees Hall is out, you know, that's definitely concerning. Uh, I mean, it's going to be close though. It's going to be a really exciting matchup. But, you know, I got I got to get some I got to get some uh, uh, advantages where I can. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a situation where this quarterback guy by committee thing is going to be confusing for the Patriots. Uh, I'm going with the Jets. Next up, we got the Titans and the Texans. Uh, you know the. Uh, this is going to be a, a fun matchup for the Titans, I think. I'm rolling with the Titans. So are Alex and Andrew. I think Derrick Henry eats today. He's going to tear them up. Uh, Alex, who you got? I've got the Titans. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Damian Pierce and the Texans can do. But it's it's, it's, the, it's the, it should be the Derrick Henry show if people know, down there know what they're doing. Yeah, it should be the Derrick Henry show. He has notoriously been very, very good against the Houston Texans. Uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Seahawks. Uh, interesting matchup. This will be a good one. You said you were excited for this one. I am too. Tyler goes with the Giants here. Andrew goes with the Giants. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go with the Giants here. I'm going to say that they continue this crazy streak that they've been on. Uh, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the Giants as well. I mean, Saquon Barkley doing Saquon things. Uh, you know, you have Tyler Lockett. You have... Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker taking taking the spot of Rashad Penny. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Kenneth Walker, is he's got a tough matchup ahead of him uh, in this situation against a very, very good defense. But, yeah, Kenneth Walker is going to have a fun time uh, in this matchup, and I hope that he has a big game. Uh, next up, we've got Commanders and the Colts. Uh, you know, kind of a weird circumstance with Ellinger coming on the field. Tyler going with the Commanders. Uh, Andrew going with the Commanders. I'm going with the Commanders here as well. I just don't. I'm I'm not sold on on Ellinger until I see it. So I'm going with the Commanders. Commanders. Yeah, I, I don't blame anybody for that. I think Taylor Heineke does what Taylor Heineke does. He'll go two and zero on the season for himself, um, and and bring them to four and four. Uh, next up, we got the Niners and the Rams. 
This one is kind of a tough one. Van Jefferson back on the field. We don't know what role CMC is going to play. I, a lot of issues there. Not, Tyler's taking the Niners. Andrew's taking the Rams. I'm going to go ahead and go with the 49ers here. I, I, I'm taking a risk. I think the Rams are still kind of figuring out life here. I, I They need to get their life right. The, yeah, exactly. They're a little shaky. I'm going with the Niners. Yep, I'm going with the Niners as well. I mean, I heard a, I heard like there's this commercial out there that says, "Oh, the Niners and the Rams are the most dynamic rivalry in the league." Really? And eh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going with the Niners. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners as well. Uh, next up, a game that could wind up being a great matchup, or could wind up and will likely wind up being the beating of the week. Uh, Packers versus the Bills on Sunday Night Football. It's one I'm really looking forward to watching tonight. Uh, Packers and Bills, I mean, I don't think it's a, a question. I'm going with the Bills. I think they're the Super Bowl favorites. Bills by Tyler. Bills by Andrew. What are you looking at? Bills Mafia. Yeah, Bills, I think I think we're going to see a lot of broken tables today. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football. Bengals and Browns. Um, Browns are struggling. Bengals are looking really hot right now. Andrew and Tyler take the Bengals. I'm going to go ahead with the Bengals as well. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow is just going to continue that mean streak. Yep, that, it's the Joe Cool Show, and after to, after tonight, after Monday night's game, we may see Kareem Hunt get traded. So yep. I'm going, I'm going Bengals. Yeah, I think the Bengals. And those are our predictions for uh, Week Eight in the NFL. And Alex, that is our show, my friend. Um, yep. Before we uh, take off here. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Face Kicked Apparel over there, uh, Sean Stockmeyer and company. Those, those guys are tremendous. Uh, you pick it, he sticks it over at facekickedapparel.com uh, for all your custom hats, shirts, hoodies, um, pants, you name it, he can do it over there. So, all your custom stuff, facekickedapparel.com. Also, I want to give a shout out to It's Your Time Massage, the wonderful Amanda at It's Your Time Massage. Um, get yourself a massage, all that wonderful CBD and all the Swedish massages and the, the, the deep tissue massages you could ask for over at it's your time massage. She's amazing. Alex, you got to get yourself a massage, man. You're missing out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's an incredible, incredible massage therapist. So I, I beg you guys check her out. IYTmassage.com. Also, you can check her out at it's your time massage on Facebook. Uh, also, Want to give a shout out to our one of my Mr. Co-host here, Condor Gaming Corner. Uh, I love your channel, bro. I love watching it. I love the the voice acting. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, what do you have on tap? I know you guys have been doing. Uh, I what what is the yep. this game you've been doing? The, I've been yeah, the, the the game that's on tap uh, that we're doing right now is called. You know, it's it's the next game in the Ace Attorney series. It's uh, Trials and Tribulations. Um, which, you know, we, we just got done, we did, we got done recording, uh, the first case last week. We, we, we were able to do it in, in one episode, uh, you know, and it's going to lead into quite possibly, you know, by the end of this whole, the next, uh, session, it's, we're going to be rolling into the best case in the entire series. Uh, so uh, we're very excited to present that and, uh, you know, we're going to be live next week, Wednesday night, 7 PM. Yeah. The, the ACE attorney series, um, surprisingly fun 
to be honest with you. I, I've been blown away by how fun that is to, to check out. <laughs> it's goofy as shit, but it's, you know, it's like some of the stuff just doesn't make any sense. But, well, you know, it, you know, you know it, 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 it brings like, you know, modern shows like Law and Order to shame because like that doesn't make any sense. But you're here to be entertained. And yeah, uh, we've, it, it we've was, been very we've been very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that that has gone on in that game has just been fun, um, and it's I really enjoyed it. So um, I definitely recommend checking that out. Also, Big Willie Dubs Gaming, our boy Will. Uh, yeah, he's been tearing it up over there. The new Call of Duty dropped, and boy, he's been rocking that out. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll be uh, getting some uh, streams out there as well. Uh, you know, I, I I gotta re- I gotta retweak my schedule. Uh, but I do intend to uh, to get, especially when the new War Zone comes out in a couple of weeks. You know right. that then you're really going to see me dip my toe in the water, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, uh, Will's been doing that um, over there and and getting a little wild. I know you'd like to dip your toe in that water as far as that the Call of Duty action, especially War Zone. Uh, everybody's getting fired up for double XP weekends and so on and so forth. I hope everybody's gonna gonna be enjoying that. And uh, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to Patch Miracle Photography, uh, the best photographer around, um, Andrew and Chantel, uh, absolutely tremendous. Um, Andy is is just uh, an amazing photographer. So is Chantel. They're wonderful people. Um, you got wedding photos that you need done, Patch Miracle. If you got a, uh, a baby pictures to be done, Patch Miracle. If you've got maternity pictures to be done, Patch Miracle. Engagement photos, Patch Miracle. Family photos, Patch Miracle. Even if you want to do a boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, something a little sexy, yeah, Patch Miracle, baby. That's where it's at. Those guys are amazing. Patch Miracle Photography, they're the best photographer around. I got to tell you, the best photographer around for the Metro Detroit area. If you um, if you need a photographer, look no further than that. Patch Miracle Photography, Andy and Chantel, they will take good care of you. They made mine and Amanda's day extra special um for for our wedding day and and uh they they've done all of our pictures from uh maternity photos to baby pictures to engagement pictures to our wedding photos they have been amazing they have lifetime customers with us uh no doubt about it patch miracle photography check them out and uh get yourself uh an excellent photographer um so and uh, through andrew langland now alex that's our show super Mm. freaking fired up for uh week eight I'm hoping I beat our boy Ray Collins this week in fantasy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a win myself. Come tell you what, I, I'm starving for one right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I if I win this week, I got four in a row and I'm I'm back to 500. I started 0 and four, firing back. You know, I, I'm starting to to look good. So I'm I needed it. I needed it. But mm-hmm. uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Pleasure. And- Folks, thank you so much for joining us here on the Outside Blitz. Uh, Tyler, hopefully, will be back next week. If not, it'll be me and Alex, but we will get Tyler back on the show. I, I'm just going to – wait, we're always on Tyler time. That's yep. us. We're always on <laughs> Tyler. Always. Yep. But thank you so much, folks, for listening. We'll, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Ciao. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.